This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder James Boy came to give him life. The blackest wrestling podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they're kicking trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in this on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit a talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation We got the power of the this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Hey. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of One Nation Radio. I'm James Boyd, and here with you have Rich Lotto. What's going on, man? What is going on with you, man? It is your birthday. Oh, shit. Yeah, it's my birthday. Uh, 34 years old. Don't have much else to add after that. <laughs> like, it's, I'm 34. <laughs> I, <laughs> any, any, you have any jokes or anything you want to say? I, no, I, I, don't, got I, I, I don't have any jokes. Yeah. But, um, a very happy birthday to you, James. Appreciate and, it. Appreciate um, it. There are people like, in the stream that have wished me happy, lots of happy birthdays already, so I appreciate it, everybody. Um, so yeah, yeah, man. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna have a great show tonight. Um, like I, I can tell you guys, like James has been nothing but a great friend to me since uh, I've known him. Um, it's an awesome dude to know. Like talk about um, supporting, like what a friend is like. Like nursing someone back through there or just hanging out with them uh, after they get their wisdom teeth removed. Like James has been, had my back literally pretty much in everything in my life since I was like 17 years old, I'll say. So like from, you know, my rap ambitions to getting married. So, um, you know, we, we don't like necessarily always talk about what like each other means to uh the other you know kind of dudes just don't do that shit but uh you mean a whole lot to me james and i hope you have a great birthday and many more appreciate it thank you um that is a good point that like uh men do not uh say what uh what other significant uh male male relationships they have in their life to each other like face to face and everything and um yeah, like that's just a toxic masculinity and all that. So, um, you know, kind of, you know, you can't you can't tell you can't tell people about uh, people what you, how they feel to you. Like, you know, they tell you to, you know, you're soft or some other shit. But yeah, man, like, um, I appreciate it, man, and I love you. So, thank you, man. I love you um, too, man. I don't know where you want to start with this because um, we have some stuff, but not much. Um, but you mentioned some things, so it's it's pretty much up where you wherever you want to throw it up to. So. Um, yeah, man. So like a lot of, um, discourse around Adam Cole was happening and it's kind of been something that's, that's happened ever since he kind of came into AEW, mm-hmm. um, that I thought was pretty interesting. You know, we actually have a friend of ours that is a really big Adam Cole, f- Cole fan was like kind of upset to see him align with the elite and 
immediately saw him as like this underling to um <clears throat> like uh Kenny Omega and the Bucks and stuff like that. Um <clears throat> from there it's only kind of picked up like as more as <clears throat> Cole is like either like not been a main eventer yet. Um it's like, hey, you know, um he apparently would have been so much better off in WWE. Um, this is a lot of, uh, you know, I would say stuff that has picked up in certain circles that has gone, gotten so loud. It's came over to like where we kind of have to like, st- like put that fire out essentially. And then Tony Khan today was on Twitter, putting that fire out uh, as mm-hmm. well. I thought it was pretty funny, um, but I just want to say, like, you know, I think the fact that people would even think Cole would be better off in WWE or has or was better off in WWE is pretty funny, seeing as how he was used the last after he dropped the NXT title. It was a crack house with his booking. Um, uh, pretty much aside from the O'Reilly feud. Yeah. Um, and then the other option is to cut his hair. Um, <laughs> change his name and be a manager on the main roster. <laughs> like, I, I don't know where this comes from. Like, uh, people are, are upset. He's doing the goofy stuff with the elite. Um, he's doing the comedy. He's dressing up for in Halloween oh, matches that, and, that, that, and okay. all this other stuff. I'm like, I don't know about y'all, but like, I never looked at Adam Cole as this super serious, like, you know, like the super serious being like everything, like our, any promo I ever heard from him was like, there was a tinge of seriousness, but he was like a serious dork. Like the seriousness was that he was a, he had little man syndrome. He was always angry. Right. Like you think about, uh, for me, I think about, um, like his sense of humor is like a lot of times when undisputed air will get like, uh, I don't know. Um, uh, they would get made an ass of. They would. It would be because they'd be super serious. Someone would like make light of them, how serious they are at the time. How you know, and they're kind of like y'all. Y'all are at ridiculous. Like I remember, there was um during that terrible Death Velveteen Dream feud. Like Velveteen's outside in the parking lot and somehow managed to be unscathed by facing those four. But um, he called them all little men, and they all got they all blew their stacks and they called little men like. That's kind of a sense of humor is is that. It's just, you know, it was in WWE as opposed to on BTE. And it's he's now in BTE. And, I mean, aside from the Ghostbusters thing, I really don't... I really don't see what people mean when they say that he's being under, you know, he's not being used he's as being best underutilized. He's like, you know, I and, May, maybe here's the thing. Maybe so, but there's so much talent on the roster that you can literally say that for about... A dozen guys right now, or a dozen acts you could say that about. Like, so I mean, sure, but I think people are. I think people need to come to the realization that being underutilized isn't the problem, right? Like, when when he gets his time, it'll be it'll feel like a luxury, right? It'll feel like having if if Kyrie Irving was on the Nets right now. He would feel like how we thought it would be where it's like the bread and butter of this of this team is going to be uh, James Harden as the point guard, Durant 
being the unstoppable scorer he's always been, plus like whenever Kyrie can take advantage of matchups and go supernova, he's the he's the thing that puts it over the top. It's like having Durant and Steph and then having Klay Thompson in the fucking corner. Like that that is the type of thing. Uh the problem with a lot of promotions that have a lot of talent, whether it be um what we saw from New Japan from 2015 to, to until Kenny Omega left, right? Um, what we saw, what we see in stardom in a lot of these places, like there's so many really good people and the promotions on fire and you might like someone and you might think they should be pushed at a certain spot and maybe they should. The problem is these people, uh, the people that they're going with on top right now at that given time are doing well at the positions they've been given and they're also doing very good work. So it's hard the, to throw people out the way. So especially when you switch promotions and you come in like, right. let's let's keep it a stack at the like, same time. With in, Daniel Bryan and CM Punk are come in. You come in with him and also like with the track record of like Adam Cole being like the face of NXT, like essentially. And then mm-hmm. it's like there are a lot of people that watch AEW that see these NXT guys coming over and they're like, you know, I didn't watch NXT for a reason. So I don't necessarily want to see them like there is that out there. Yeah. yeah so yeah. like. I don't think you can like I th- I think putting Cole like at the top immediately would be madness in that sense if he was just like the the face of like you know what you were just going against like uh-huh. I think you roll him in naturally like in my opinion like he has one like immediate opponent that's already been established Jungle right Boy. now and he's got two already down the road which are <laughs> Hangman Omega. and Kenny yep, so yep, yep, yep. so like I feel like they've done nothing but drop breadcrumbs that I feel like you would have to be literally covering your eyes with your hands not to see them at this point. Right. And yeah, that just continues. That just goes with my point when I was saying like the peak new Japan and where stardom is right now, where people will complain about, you know, like the artificial, um, like governor restrictor plate they have on starlight kid and, and Azumi because like, these are two of the best wrestlers in the world. And, but, but because they're one's 19, the other one's 20 they're not at the top top of the promotion because like there is a top five and only one of them is under twenty five. And given Joshi, you kind of got to use Tam Nakano while she's thirty three, turning thirty four in a few months. Uh, Mayu, who is seemingly out the door in within the next two years, Julia with a neck issue who's twenty seven, and Shuri who's uh, thirty two. Like. Those are the top stars. Those are the best wrestlers. Those are the best acts. Let them get their run. Starlight Kid, Azumi, Momo, Micah, Shuri, Kamatani, blah 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 blah. They'll have their. They'll have their day. Those are those are the next that golden generation for like you know what they talk about like plus uh, Momo Kid and um, Azumi like they'll get their day if they stick around. Azuki as well. You want to throw that? So it's like it. It will be fine. And I think a lot of people aren't used to this or whatever. Like so I much think that they're, talent. Like they're they're used to WWE well. where there's like, hey, there's one guy on top, right? Mm-hmm. When you when you really like in a shoot sense, right? There's mm-hmm. one guy on top, but they've got two world champions or whatever, yeah, or yeah. world champions. Right, 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 right. So it, it feels like people are being elevated in a sense when they're really not. So I think it's mm-hmm. more of the everyone should get a turn kind of situation. Like we've come on this show a lot and said. That it is a competitive business. I feel like 
Adam Cole is a star. Um, I feel like his ceiling is being the AEW world champion. Like, yeah. I don't know if it'll happen, but if it does, cool. Like, we know he can hold down that position with great right. matches. So, right. like, you know. And great promos I, and great and, feuds and great television. Yeah. And I think people, like, should, I, I hate to say it, it's like enjoy the ride for it because, like, the most like my my favorite wrestler was the champion for like 11 months like right. i liked it and all that but it wasn't necessarily just like the most fun thing in the world it's like oh, okay he's on top like you know it, and like i felt like i knew when the rain was starting and ending and then like uh-huh. some of the drama's not there and it's like uh whatever like i you know i kind of have more fun sometimes when my, my favorite guys are not the champion because mm-hmm. like it's like all right like they can kind of do a lot more there's not as much like uh politics around the belt and things of that nature i think um what people should look for is because i don't i don't feel like cole is um like he's not that he's not cemented right like is like hey like like an above the belt person like i don't think he's there yet right right but i think that's what people should look for rather than looking at the belts because mind you like belts aren't real like statuses <laughs> so like i and like i think what's going on with Big E should tell you like a big like should tip you off kind of with that and looking at how they did them at survivor series and you know having to basically win um against austin theory with with like distraction interference and stuff like that it's like there are ways to make people look elevated and ways that they're geeks adam cole never loses He's with the top unit in the in the company. He is uh, if he does have to lose, Bobby Fish is the one doing the losing. Uh, right. While Cole gets the fuck out of there, he's a pinier, but, like just like yeah, like we're not talking about someone that's not being protected. Um, we're not talking about somebody that is uh, going out there and being made to like do something against his will. Like <laughs> it, it's so, not going down like that. So if you remember, um, 2019. Frankie, what up? Um, to like 2020 something. Um, Rick, or not sorry, uh, Alistair Black, when he first got to the main roster, and he was tagging with, with um, Ricochet, and then he, he had never did a job for anybody for like a year or something like that. Like, <clears throat> that is someone that is being protected, not necessarily being pushed. Adam Cole has a faction a with, with the t- former tag team champions, a um, pin his own pin eater, and he has a futures uh, candidate f- chasing after him. In like multiple feuds in the air with top guys like like you mentioned that AEW World Champion Adam Page, the former AEW World Champion Kenny Omega, who. Uh, preceded uh page cm punk and christian like i think he's fine i think he's doing fine right now um so and also like i'm also comparing this to like what i've seen of of adam cole in like in you know uh stacked stacked um talent places like or places with stacked talent for like 2019 NXT was fucking stacked. Like, there were six people on that program from 2018 to 2019 uh, that could have been the champion at any given time and no one would have 
blinked an eye. There was Adam Cole, there was Johnny Gargano, there was Tommaso Ciampa, there was Alistair Black, there was Velveteen Dream, there was Pete Dunne, there was Ricochet. Any of them dudes at that time... Um, like, from- he kind of was just the one with the belt for, <laughs> like, and he was doing great work with the belt. I'm not saying right. that, but, like, it could have been someone else, like, because... Like, like if they don't know- bring up Ricochet after uh, New York, like, you could have made an argument that he could have been he could should have been champion before uh, Adam Cole, and that's no and that's no knock to Adam Cole because Adam Cole was the number two guy on the um in the promotion at the time. But like that's kind of where we were. Like any like you in the bat of the eye, if any of them uh, guys at that point in time would have been champion, and like that's the reason why I loved NXT so much. There were because there was so much top level talent at the time. Uh, you know, before we find out about Velveteen, but whatever. Um, and then you know they. <laughs> they want to go head to head, and maybe, yeah. or they were made to go to head and go two hours, but whatever. Uh, like so, yeah. Like I think in a, I think in a really competitive stacked card in the singles division like AEW, it's okay that he's not top five right now. If he's in that next tier below that top five, if he's right in the, the tier right below Kenny Omega, John Moxley, CM Punk, Daniel Bryan. I think that's perfectly fine right. for right now. Like in obviously you put him in that next tier with like Adam, Adam page and Darby and Hangman and uh, potentially Eddie Kingston. MJF. Uh, I forgot MJF. MJF will be in the next tier too. Yeah. Like I think he's in that tier. I don't really, maybe it's because he's brand new here compared to those other guys that are in that second tier. I don't know, but He's fine for now. Like, eventually he will be tussling with CM Punk. Eventually he will be tussling with Christian. Eventually he will be tussling again with Jungle Boy. Eventually he will be tussling with um, CM Punk. And, like, I think it'll be fine. I think people are maybe overreacting. But, like, if your comparison is from the perspective of he should have stayed in WWE, I'm sorry. I can't go there with you. (laughs) That is not the way. As Pete Dunne was saying. Right, right, and I don't even mean it as like I, I, I'm so jaded to say for sure they would screw, screw uh, Adam Cole up. I'm from the perspective of they fuck up a ham sandwich, cup of coffee, you know. Yeah, just, like yes you know. for him, yes for a ham sandwich, they'll fuck around and, and give you dirt. <laughs> so nah, I just um. I don't really, from that perspective, if maybe, you know, you were a fan of Adam Cole and you think that he would have been the the one person that would have, you know, broke through in similar fashion, like, you know, someone like AJ Spouse broke through in 2016 or um, uh, Kevin Owens broke through in 2015, The Shield broke through in 2012, Daniel Bryan broke through in, uh, you know, 2012-11, maybe, maybe, but I would think if Maybe, you were a fan of Adam but Cole, you, I, I you, wouldn't you, bet on you it. You would have gotten the sign that that company didn't believe. They they never would have believed in him at that level. Like he was in NXT forever. They never once thought to call him up, like for an extended amount of time. Um, not not only did it, they did not call him up, they called. They did not call him up after he showed out on the main roster that November two thousand nineteen. Yep, and also like they have people from the company that worked there in creative saying if he was carrying crosses size, he'd already be the universal champion. You yeah. should have already given up hope there. So this is right. something saying, yeah, WWE would have figured it out. No, they didn't. <laughs> uh, Bruce in the comments said it'll be the same conversation in about a year when Gargano comes into AEW. Sounds like a real competitive division. 
it just sounds like a real competitive division. And yeah. like, you know, when we heard those, um, we heard that talk from uh, Brian Cage a few months ago about how he was kind of, you know, having having issues with how he's being presented or pushed or utilized, whatever else is like, that's what happens it's, when it's you have happen. a lot of talent. It is what it is. Like, I like Brian Cage. I wish he could be used more, but do you want to come in and job to Daniel, or uh, I almost said Daniel Bryan. Do you want to come in and job to Brian Danielson and CM Punk right now? Or do you want to just be off TV and getting checked? I'm sure you yeah. want to rip it up with them dudes, and you maybe you maybe you wouldn't want to do that. But like, would that be beneficial for you and AEW if you just did job after job after job? Like, as Probably if you're being punished, not. right? <laughs> so it, it, it kind of is where it is. Um, and well, um, there's a lot of talent that's gonna fall through the cracks. That's what happens when you have a loaded division. That's what happens with WWE every single fucking week. And like, we're just kind of numb to that, but. Uh, it's one thing when like the TV and the matches aren't good. I kind of don't care about the utilization of people in this um micro, you know, like talking about people's booking from week to week and all that kind of stuff in a micro sense. When like the shows are very good to great almost every single week consistently, like that, like I have like. I don't. I'm not. I don't tolerate that. Stakes. Right. I don't tolerate that, or not. Not tolerate. Cause I don't want to sound like a, like as if like you have to listen to me. But like, I don't really have much patience for listening to people talk about that sort of stuff when like what I'm watching consistently is enjoyable, really good, satisfactory, or or better. All the almost all the time. Like I don't have that problem. I didn't have that problem with NXT back in the day. Didn't have that problem with New Japan back in the day. Didn't have that problem with. Uh, don't have that problem with Stardom right now. Don't have that problem with AEW. I just not don't like. Yeah, I could sit there and complain, or I could talk about like the really good wrestling I just fucking watched for like an hour, two hour show. <laughs> and I mean, there's room to cr- cr- there's room to criticize or whatever else, but like it's 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 really like it's small. It's really small. Um, like, it's not a big I think, deal. And I think all things considered, like I. I can't really say someone slotted like where they shouldn't be or like, like if anything, there are some, there are some people that are overqualified for what they're doing, but there's no one that they're trying to push up to make it make sense like somewhere. So like, and I think that's where promotions get in trouble a lot of time. Like, Oh yeah, this is a top star. And it was like, no, it is not. Yeah. <laughs> cross evil. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Bud Baron Corbin, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Like that's those are the problems. <laughs> like we're going to start a faction with Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley, and the person that we want to make the the, the front man of this is Baron Corbin. You fucking Nimrod! What what were you thinking? You thought really Baron Corbin over Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre? And we all said that shit back 2018. Like that's fucking stupid. And now three years later, lo and behold, comedy gimmick. Former world champion, former world champion. This shit you ain't know, that hard to, to see. It's and, not. And, and speaking of that, uh, like we uh, we came across a, a old retro show. I forgot what the conversation was. I think it was surrounding Johnny Gargano and um, James uh, had mentioned um, uh, that we already had this conversation on One Nation Radio. We were talking about it in a group chat, and I was like, "We sure did." I think it was around June of 2019 or or May 2019. So I think James started looking it up. I listened to the show as well. It's like I think it's an all time episode of One Nation Radio. Listening back to well, it, 
Yeah, like it's it's um it is it's a lot of stuff. Like it is us making like doing all this funny stuff about uh Farrell the, the Cody's dog who like is kind of like funny how like he's going to be or Farrell the dog will be in on on the loop on show. Yeah, the yeah. loop show coming up uh soon. Um and then it, that was more or less heat a, on the dog. <laughs> yeah, getting heat they on worship the dog. They worship the dog. <laughs> <laughs> um and then there was that talk about Gargano about at the point he was at because this is like right at, this might have been like right after um the second Cole match. Yeah. Um so we were just like he was already on this like unprecedented run in, of big matches in, 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 in WWE history and like he just had like another five star classic match of the year type thing. Um like where is his headed with this dude? Um and then we had kind of like times like, hey man, we're at this point now where it's like, hey, no one's ever been on this pace. No one's ever been on this pace. Like, the, like you would have guys in WWE like at their best, like ninety six Shawn Michaels, um, Pete Kurt Angle, um, uh, AJ Styles two thousand sixteen, as far as or two thousand sixteen through seventeen is like this incredible like run of stretch of run, but like those are like. A couple four and a half stars here and there, just but a lot of four star great matches or whatever else. And what Gargano had did basically from, um, what is that from? Yeah, basically like for a year and a half on on every takeover, like six matches straight, and then also like his matches on TV it was like uh, were also great. But like what he's doing on big shows, or like he's literally having like a fringe match for the year contender or a legit match for the year contender for like, like every three ever. Well, at that point, I think it was five takeover. So it was like every, you know, two and a half months, like clockwork in, you know, from the, the, um, Philly, no, yeah. Philly, um, when Andrade to the Ciampa match to, um, the two other matches with, with Ciampa, the, um, war games match with, well, it's not a war games match, match at war games with, um, Alistair Black, the Phoenix um, North American title match with Ricochet, um, the three falls match with Cole, and then that singles fall match with Cole, we were just like, yo, this dude, this dude is having like an unprecedented run of big match after big match. Um, and we were like, yo. Uh, it was he, a Gargano versus HBK. Like, that's what we had it yeah, as. Yeah, as far as, like, the best, wrestler, you know, best North American or best American wrestlers or whatever else or wrestlers that's had a huge, career, huge careers in, um, in, um, in America. And we were just like, hey, I understand because of, like, you might not um, think of it offhand because when you think of the best workers historically from our lifetimes in America – you think of like people that are aside from like Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, like people that are like way a whole different class of athlete, like Shawn Michaels, like Rey Mysterio, like Eddie Guerrero, uh, like Chris Benoit. Um, so Kurt Angle. So like you, you're probably not, you're probably like taken aback from that. But like when you look at it, you're just like, yeah, the one really ever did this kind of shit. And it's kind of crazy. Um, so, um, I think this got caught in the what what will Johnny Gargano do? What will he be? Does anyone is he actually any good? Actually, was he ever yeah. any good? And just like you're really you, you guys are really 
doing this um, again. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it was just it was cool to to listen back to it. And like, yeah, we were we were pretty much on this two years ago. Um, then uh, like I pretty much swore off watching the main roster. Yeah, uh, like no, no more Raw, no more SmackDown for me. Yeah, uh, I'm best of Super Juniors was just great. Um, yeah, that's AW's yep. putting on those those like started putting on uh, Fighter Fest and Double or Nothing. I was like, I'm gearing up. I'm taking. I'm not watching any of this shit over the summer. I'm gearing up, ready for AEW, yeah. like uh, Dynamite. Yeah, this is like around the time we had just finished up doing the weekly reviews on for Raw SmackDown on uh, Lords of Pain now wrestling headlines and like. You were just like, hey man, like we just saw Best of the Super Juniors, like you said, because um, it's June. Like just saw, or in the middle of Best of Super Juniors, just finishing it um, in Dominion. Just saw uh, what AEW is doing, no or nothing, and right. Just finished NXT pay per view. Just yep. it, like just saw like a four and a half, four and three quarters. Uh, stardom match with two people that were that that they said that people will say like weren't good at the time. Uh, it was just more of the what we we're talking about earlier, as far as um people wanting their favorites on top as opposed to like cared or as opposed to like there's a lot of talent here. Not everybody's gonna get, now everybody's gonna be on top. So um and we were all just like I remember you saying listening back to it, you were like yeah we're we're doing the main roster and I was like. Uh, you said official retired. I'm like, I'm not. I'm not putting an official label on it. Um, <laughs> I, I watch pay per views consistently, but um, I'm. You know, we'll see what happens. And then, like, more or less, like, <laughs> I ain't never came back. <laughs> like, I think I'm, I think I may have watched like maybe. I don't think I've watched a single entirety of either uh, main roster show since then. It's been two years. Yeah, like, um, I think I've watched some some you know I've watched matches when I heard they've been really good like the um like the Buddy Murphy and uh, Roman Reigns stuff the uh, Daniel Bryan AJ Styles stuff um some Ray stuff whenever I hear about it McIntyre stuff but like it's more or less like I'm picking and choosing. Yeah, um, it, it was a, it was a great snapshot of looking at the landscape ahead and then like us just kind of like calling that shit like yo like. This is where it's headed, and this is where like the the show may be headed as well. So yeah. like, you know, if if you ain't with it, like you you better get off. And, like, the, fun, and the funniest thing about it is like, and the funniest thing about it is like NXT is now like dead as a part of the a part of the equation. When we were talking about that, but it's so like, do we, do we have to preview NXT War Games? No. <laughs> what? Or will you be watching NXT War Games? Um. I watch it probably. I watch it probably. Yeah. Um. But I mean, because it's war games, you know, they'll, they're bound to have something crazy happen. Probably gonna be Johnny Gargano's last match. Yeah, that too. I didn't even think about that part, but uh, but could definitely be his last match in that, the WWE uh, extension. Um. Yeah, one week extension. Um. You know, like they have EO in another war game, so I want to see what she jumps off of <laughs> with what and what she jumps with. Like, have you seen? When's the last time you seen her Twitter account? Been a minute. Go to her Twitter account and look at her header. Is it with the trash can? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's her in midair with the trash can. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> oh, hey, that's great. A hey, fool. Yeah, but, um, yeah, it, it was, uh, oh, and then, like, 
I'm trying to think uh, what else was on there. It, it, but like, it's more or less like this looking two years ahead. It's like you look at where, where, where we recover now. And then you look at like, you know, cage matches and end all be all. But like, I think it's a really good resource, like similar to when people, you know, complain about Meltzer. I'm like, look, I you don't have to agree with his star ratings, but I think they're a good resource. I feel like if he puts four on something, it's not no shitty match. It's a match worth watching <laughs> like almost 95 over 95 percent of the time. Um, so like you look at it like the last two years and you look at AEW, you look at New Japan, you look at stardom and like those promotions that ever give you the, the, you know, the, the best matches, um, at a high level at the highest end. Um, so I never would have thought that, you know, two years ago that stardom would have turned into this to being like, I thought they were a, a very good match factory, but like turned into like this this year like there are going to be matches that like two years ago would have been definitely nominated for 2019 stardom wrestle uh or match of the year that like they ain't got a shot mm-hmm. like utami I, I, versus like utami versus zuki from um early november that ain't i don't think that has a shot um there's there's some you know like uh like shuri versus uh tam from the grand prix ain't got a shot like the bar used to be like if you're four and a half, you you're almost a lot to get in. There'll be yeah. plenty of four and a half that's going to have to sit the fuck down, and I'm gonna have to sort through and try and figure it out. I, I think uh, a lot of that was in Stardom's case, like with the explosion, is like the Bushy Road um, stuff, like getting them getting absorbed into that. The new money coming in, yep. The big money coming in, yep. The influx of talent replacing like great talent, like. Like you talk about, like the subtractions of like Arisa Hoshiki, B Priestley is gone, um, Hanakamura is gone, Kagetsu Jungle, like all that's been like turned over almost by like Donna Del Mondo mm-hmm. and a couple other people. Like, um, I mean, it, like just getting elevated, like it's like Starlight yeah. hitting Azumi and stuff like that. Yeah, and also is like this is a thing that people that we never took really account of, but. One, the pay-per-views give them more showcase to have more good matches. And two, like, when we were watching, like, the average the average and median age of the roster was, like, 23. Now it's 25. Yeah. Like, so they're, they they're all physically got, coming into their own a little yeah, bit more. Yeah, plus that weight program stuff was, you know, once the Bushiro money came through uh, and Julia came through, it was like, they're all taking care of their bodies. They're all in better physical uh, physical. Um, condition and they're two plus more years of ex- two years more of experience in like in stardom like this year there's going to be a hundred and something shows by the end of the year this year alone All and right. last year they were on that pace until uh, COVID shut them down two different times so they're getting they're getting the match time to go get better yeah man so um Make sure you guys check that show out. Uh, I think it's June fifteenth, two thousand nineteen. We also did this uh, like it's all probably time. after that. It's probably okay. the seventeenth because uh, that that uh, Tam Arisa match was the sixteenth. So so James like that's like the like he relays out the whole Tam Nakano thing. I was calling her Arisa on that show, but I didn't <laughs> quite know the pronunciation. Um, 
what else um the the hilarious pharaoh the dog segment um i can't do it justice trying to recap it you guys just have to listen to it that was (laughs) chopped for our best of one nation radio in 2019 but all-time classic uh i believe that was when oj simpson first opened the twitter account yes that too you open the Uh, show by like yeah like just 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 throw a wet fish in my lap like yeah yeah, there are two thousand people in this world (laughs) so um this week on he's AW still Dynamite, found the killers. yeah, still he's still looking. So, yeah. or, or I think he may put it on pause, but I don't, I don't know if he's actively, you know, searching still. Um, but yeah, man, um, CM Punk and MJF, uh, they did a promo segment in Chicago, uh, day before Thanksgiving. Um, I didn't catch this whole show, but I did see this. Um, yeah, so like, what would you think about this whole thing, man? Um, I was on Imp's uh, post-show review, or not post-show review, but our next day review, and I told him straight up, like, I thought it is very likely the the um, greatest talking segment in AEW history. Um, just the fact that the, it most of the promos in AEW, even the best ones, do not go 20 or 21, 19 minutes, something like that. And it was back and forth and back and forth, and it was it was great. And you know, um, they not only did they have like incredible insults, but like these insults also informed their characters and their paths to where they are now. And I thought that was it, it works in a way to where like it's very good because for me, where like I don't need necessarily everybody to say what they feel, even though that is appreciated. Um, like, I feel like sometimes your weaknesses also um, help explain who you are. And um, like when Sam, or I think we're probably going to go through it. You're going to go through it or. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's go through it. Then. Uh, let me, well, go ahead and fin- finish okay. your thought. And then I'll, uh, uh, I, I thought when, well, you know, like when the line comes where, uh, uh, MJF says that like you're scared, like you're like you're not PG, like you're PG punk now, like you're scared now. And um, he said like, yeah, you know, I was scared, but not anymore. I'm definitely not scared of you. And <laughs> yeah, so like, and like I thought it was like this thing to admit like I've been gone for seven years. Like, do they actually care about me? Like, can I still do this? And you watch those matches and like where he is now, like his body and his legs are underneath him in a way that like they were not at the beginning. And you, you remember we were all questioned, like, you know, he has the mind for it, obviously, but does he have the body for it? And like, he just looks stronger and stronger, like every week except for last week. Cause he said, fucking get T Marshall. But, uh, but yeah, so I, I thought it was, um, I thought it was great. And, um, they have themselves a big time money match, whatever you want to call it. Who knows when they uh, put it in um, whenever they decide to fire that bullet, but uh, people will be ready for it. And like in the, in the weeks to come, like there's going to be more of this stuff uh, on the mic and it's going to be awesome. Yeah, man, it was um, like just, just watching it. it. It was like seeing two masters of the craft uh, really go at it and um, thinking on their feet and also like just, demonstrating just like uh, ultimate control i think over one's character um cm punk looked like he was looking inward and trying to uh 
um, insult MJF through like almost noble ways in a sense. <laughs> um, while MJF like kind of gets the carte blanche to go wherever he wants with it. Um, I, I didn't necessarily like the, the Miz thing or whatever. Um, but I think he kind of, um, I think punk kind of protected it. Like what saying he's a less famous version of the Miz where you can't really argue with the less famous thing. Like, uh, I think that stems from, you know, the, the insult that people, try to tag Miz with is like you're or MJF with is you're just like the Miz or whatever. But like, obviously everyone knows that MJF is like, not like the Miz. Like. Right. And, and if you go through that line, it's like, why do you say that? Cause he's wearing a suit. It's like, okay. So you're saying the MJF is like the Miz who is like Jericho, who basically took that from Nick Bockwinkle. It's almost as if wrestling recycles itself. Like that's not that's not a really an insult to to really to really you know it, it's not it's just something to say, but it's not like the criticism isn't necessarily that valid. Yeah, um, as far as saying, so, or at least as far as saying that, like that means because like this person took something from somebody that means that like they are not that good or they are not awesome in you know putting their own spin on it. Like, nah, that's not how it works. So at least like, in this um, case. MJF said that Punk hurt his feelings. It's almost as bad as the time Punk went home like a little bitch. Uh, MJF said the pipe bomb was Punk's best moment, but every MJF moment is the best MJF moment. Lots of moment talk. Uh, he said, unlike Punk, he's <laughs> ready not for, a one- getting ready for WWE. <laughs> yeah, unlike Punk, he's not a uh, one trick pony. He said uh, CM Punk looks like a meth addict. Uh, I thought that was pretty funny uh, for being straight edge. Um, MJF brought up all the times that Punk gave um, all the future opponents he wanted to face in those interviews, which was by design. Like people who had been talking about this, um, and Punk has always been a big fish. But next to MJF, he's a minnow. He would end CM Punk quicker than his UFC career. He said, "You can drop all the pipe bombs you want." He drops nukes. CM Punk got on the mic and said he's de- disappointed in MJF all this time. He thought. MJF stood for my jealous fan. I thought that was a good line. Um, Punk never brought up his name by design because he didn't want to stoke MJF's uh, ego. Probably because there's a CM Punk poster on the wall. Punk making reference kind of to that that Mark picture MJF took with him. Mark picture, that's funny. Um, (laughs) He said he shut up the great MJF without saying a word. Uh, MJF, you know, he said, you hit me with the low-hanging fruit. And he said, like, come on, man, you're just a less famous Miz. And then MJL says, chill, man, you're a nostalgia, bunch of Miz chants. Punk notes that, um, you know, or he says Punk is nothing more than nostalgia since he returned. He's been struggling to beat the, low, the lowest competition. Um, says that CM Punk's breath smells like shit because he's been kick, kissing so much ass. Um, and then uh, he told Punk to pucker up. He said, you're going soft. You're going gray. I thought that was funny. You're going gray. You need to go to sleep. This isn't CM Punk. This is PG Punk. You might as well be coming out here with the hustle, loyalty, and respect. I can see you. I can see through you. You stayed on your couch for seven years. You were terrified that you couldn't hang anymore. You were busy writing comics that nobody read and move, making moves nobody watched. That was great. Um, in other words, you were a cult hit, but can you really do it? Uh, MJF said he knew why Punk didn't like him. He's everything Punk hates. He was born of this. Punk is just a misfit from Chicago. Got big boobs for that. 
Um, he's like, after all Punk's hard work, deep down Punk knows his whole career he was second best, whether it was the You Can't See Me Man or the King of Kings. Now that you're standing in MJF's ring, like, you know, you claim to be the best in the world, but I'm better than you and you know it. Um, a lot of this is still going. Like, uh, CM Punk said, there's some truth to what he said. And he goes into part what James was talking about. He said, maybe I was a little scared. You know, he didn't know if he would remember him. Like, this is the, the baby facery right here, if they would care. If they still had it, he's not scared anymore. And he's definitely not scared of MJF because while he was selling out Madison Square Garden, while MJF was marking off Rosie O'Donnell, said um, <laughs> you can make the the New York Times again because like that, that singing goofy shit, was you going to sing to me? Uh, but this time it'll be for the obituaries. Um, he said you can't do shit without your backup with Warlow. He's, Punk said he came back for the heart and soul of AEW, Darby Allen, And he beat Darby Allen, and he didn't need a ring to do it. And that burns MJF alive. Uh, he then tells uh, MJF he's talking, doing a lot of talking about the four pillars, but he doesn't even realize he's been replaced by Britt Baker. Not yeah. actually true, but you just can't go in, uh, against a woman in public. So it works even better for MJF. Like for that, <laughs> um, he said, we wasted too much of these people's time. Want to know who's the man, who's number one. The only way MJF will be number one is if he waits around for a long time and marries Tony Khan's daughter. Um, and that's the only way, you know, you can top the ice cream bars is punching MJF and his needle dick right now. And then Punk or Punk and MJF square up. Uh, MJF's taking off the cufflinks. He's taking off the jacket. And then he promptly rolls out the ring, which is fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people upset about the WWE references. Um, I didn't care. Um, I thought, you know, it was established by this point that um, the can't like pro wrestling's history is AEW's history. Someone talking to CM Punk in this, like if CM Punk and MJF are going at it, how does MJF do a promo and not bring up CM Punk's past? Whether it's him being in the UFC, whether it's his his failures uh, that, that are very publicly out there, like I think you're asking a lot of MJF to not do that. I mean, better yet, um, it is quite frankly outside of WWE. There's no other place where someone will be will have that like storied of career, um, and then people not talk about it. Um, at, at once certain points in time about as far as informing their characters um, and quite frankly this like, is someone that's a fan of this man that, like, that too uh, but I was going to say like quite frankly is like this is a generation of people that think that there's only one way to do this and because WWE does not ex- wants to pretend like nothing else matters outside of their version of professional wrestling you have to do it that way. And I, too, uh, get tired at times of the jabs at WWE. On the scale of the worst jabs at WWE, this was very low. Like, if they're not allowed to talk about uh, people uh, that CM Punk does not like, um, <laughs> his famously, notably, do- documented in, uh, in, in different fashions, um, instead of actually talking about like Vince McMahon or 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 the actual like infrastructure or the fact that they're not really selling tickets, like I don't, um, I I didn't really get that. Like I don't really find that to be like a really good uh, actual good faith criticism. I think that's just like you saying stop talking about like the thing that I watch and 
I'm sorry. Like, he talked about The Miz. He don't like The Miz. We've known he don't like The Miz. He sent some foul as fuck to him a, a year ago on Twitter. Um, and with the Triple H thing, he hates Triple H. Triple H hates him too. Though it'll be fine. <laughs> They're both big boys. Yeah. I, I think the game can handle it. Yeah. Like, like oh, and by the way, um, Triple H barely off the out of the hospital room, you know, catching strays here. <laughs> CM Punk doesn't care. Why should he? Yeah. They it's, hate each other. Um, like, like, uh, so for example, right? If Roman Reigns were to show up on Friday and start slandering CM Punk, I wouldn't care. CM Punk cut that, did that fucking podcast and made Roman Reigns' job a lot harder than it had to be, whether it, on intent or not. If real, if Roman Reigns hates that man's guts until the end of his days, I'm fine with it. <laughs> I'm fine with it. Like, so I'm, I'm just, I'm just working from a, from a sense of, um, of consistency where it's like, this person did something to him, to them that, that quote unquote, that stifled, that stifled something and made someone's life harder. He has a right to, he has a right to, to, to fucking hate that person. He does. Yeah. I'm okay with it. Um, I, I, I would like to see them go in the a direction more of hold on, hold on. okay. You're not going to tell me that Scottie Pippen does not have the right to hate Jerry Krause until the end of his days, even while Jerry Krause is in the grave. I'm fine with it. We all been fine with that for 20 years, 25 years. That's where we draw the line when it's professional fake fighting. Okay, sure. Yeah, I, I think people gotta stop pro clutching. Like this is like. Like guys are like it, it feels real. Like when w- when we hear this it stuff helps. because we we know helps. CM Punk has has issues. Like it, it's a lot better than like what they have Liv Morgan doing right now. Like on Monday Night Raw. Like I don't know if you guys have caught this that have been on the stream here, but they you, basically you had her imply that it's it's Becky Lynch's fault that Becky Lynch's big contract is the reason her friends from the Riot Squad no longer work for WWE. Which is nonsense because it's like. They, they make more profit now than then. They can like bring them bullshit. back if that were the case. They are cutting more and more people every single week. They are paying uh f- they are paying their talent below what they should be making. Shame. A lot below below what they should be making. They are paying It is not if you want to cut that in if any if anybody had a brain and was a protagonist and was upset over her friends from Riot Squad being fired, they would not actually be f- upset. And like, and I know this is true because we see this play out on teams on uh, sports teams that have salary caps all the time. When it comes to person X is getting a big contract, what does that mean for my homie that came with me in the same draft class or whatever else? We have that happens all the time. Like James. this quarterback just got. 150 million or just got a hundred million dollars guaranteed. What about this middle linebacker that is the second best middle linebacker in the sport? That happens every that happens every single year. And we know we don't see the 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 lineman or whoever else that thinks that like this guy's better than the 20th best quarterback in the NFL and want to throw the quarterback on his head. That never fucking happens. So for this perspective, that's nonsense. That would never happen. If anything, 
if Liv was a real person, she'd be pissed at Vince McMahon and be trying to unionize. Right, um, James, and they also are if she were a protagonist, and this is this is you know whatever. But this is dumb. Whatever. WWE is also paying for fast nationals from Nielsen to leak to Mark reporters to try to make AEW numbers look bad and sow negative discourse. Oh, well, like, that's playing the, the game. Yeah. These these are the things that they're paying for. But meanwhile, we're <sighs> supposed to be upset about a Becky Lynch contract. Stop this! Like, yeah, stop this. Um. And you know, like it's it's the height of using reality versus unreality. Like that's kind of like in well, trying to well, play like you're using reality, but it actually right. being fake. Like, yeah, but you making the, but you using one part of reality to then make a story so unbelievable that you can't actually believe the character's motivations. Like that is not that is not it. That is the opposite of what, or not the opposite, but like that is on the other end of the spectrum from what. Um, CM Punk and MJF were doing like they were using reality to enhance their story and, and enhance their characters and make you want to see a fight that Liv Morgan thing is like that's nonsense and it is not going to help her yeah um, so, like because because uh, most of the fans they they know why WWE fired uh, all of those people uh, the last two years and it had nothing to do with getting Becky Lynch a bigger contract yeah what what's what, what's gonna happen when Brock comes back? Right, <laughs> up on Brock. Who's who's gonna tell Brock that you know you know the reason why we're broke you know is because of you? Right. right. How come no? How come no one has tried to like murder Edge over his over his three over getting the, the three a year out of nowhere? He just showed back up to get three million, million a year. Yes. Yes. Um. Well, yeah. Like that's um. Yeah, like as far as like MJF and Punk, um, I, I do want to see him go at it again and kind of like reel me into like because I thought it was a great like it was like a rap battle damn near, but like it was I was like reel me into wanting to see the match and you don't want to see the match of that. that. I mean, I do want to see the match obviously, but I was like, I want to know. I, I feel like I want to know more still, like about okay. like um, like MJF like. Like MJF sits down with Jim Ross. Um, I know I don't think Ross is going to be around actually um, due to his uh, skin cancer treatments. But like, have him sit with Shivani and be like, "Yo, like we've seen pictures of you like with him. Like, what's changed? Like, what's the deal here? Like, and well, well you know, well, Tony, I'm evil now. Like, that's yeah, I, yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I'm evil now. You know, <laughs> I, I know there's that. And like, I no, I'm really joking. In, he's not going to just say that. I, you can't I, just say that. But I'm just saying, I'm just really being funny. Like, well, he's he going to be like, I'm evil. I, I, I was really intrigued when he said, "What happened to the guy I grew up on?" Like, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Whoa!" Like, like I thought. I think that's like a big, big insult when somebody says something like that. Like, what happened to the guy I grew up on? And then Punk's got to answer that and be like. I'm not the fucking. I'm not that fucking guy anymore. Like I'm like I didn't ask to be your hero. Like right. <laughs> whatever. Like I think that would be like that would really get you know whatever. But um, what else was uh was on Dynamite that was uh that was pretty good. I think there was a very long CM Punk QT Marshall match. I did not catch this. I don't know about long. I think people think it's long because it went through a commercial, but it wasn't that long. Um, it won like it went uh, 15 minutes or anything like that, but it did go through a commercial. Um, but you know, match didn't match wasn't good, and then um, crowd woke up once Punk um cl- uh, closed it out with his comeback and, and won at the end. 
Um, there was a promo from Christian Cage, uh, in comparatively speaking, like right, pretty much like ten minutes after watching, you know, one of the greatest promos of all time. Like his promo just seemed like unnecessary and just like wooden. But he did tease like he has like he's basically talking about how the you know, momentum from Jungle Boy becoming Jungle Man, and he's going to get them. Or there is a tag title shot for them for for Jurassic Express. I almost called him Jungle Express for Jurassic Express uh, in the future. And like he was like, you got. I guarantee you. More like I guarantee you guys are going to win because I'm in your corner. It's more like is he teasing that he's going to cheat for these guys? Or are they going to have to get get away from them? Does this like lead to like Christian turn heel? Like stay tuned for the next episode of Dragon Ball Z. Christian's uh, not to be trusted. Let me right, tell you right that's, now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Kingston was backstage eating like a some type of dessert, and he's sitting at a at a uh, chair, and he's talking to a camera, and he's like giving a shout out to Moxley and tell him to more or less keep his head up, and then 2.0 interrupt him, and he's trying to laugh them off, and um, after what happened uh, the week before, um, they kind of realized like we don't really want no smoke with this dude. So they're trying to like appeal to him by saying like, "Yeah, man, we read your your Players Tribune piece and you know your journey, and we think it's great." And then like they're trying to slip out the back door without because they don't want none. And then one, and then uh, Matt, I believe, because Matt and Jeff, the the square head dude, is Matt. Matt like slips up, says some line about like you know, says some about Moxley, and he was like, he was laughing off at first. Once he mentioned Moxley, he, uh, Eddie Eddie snaps like, "Wait, what?" Who who whose name did you say? You talking about who? Uh, and then like they started fighting, and then they had to jump him because like the bear was getting too angry. The bear stood up, so they had to they, you know they had to deal with that. So um, they they had uh, basically had a, a a pull apart brawl with uh, Garcia, like you know um, handling most of the the heavy stuff that actually hurt Kingston, but they ended up getting breaking up broken up backstage. Um, Gun Club versus uh, Bear Country, don't care, doesn't matter. Gun Club won, <laughs> but uh, Stinga came out, um, and <laughs> Sting came out, and he just came to the top of the ramp, and he sat there. So one of those Gun Brothers, like, went to charge it, went to charge it, Sting. It was awesome. And Sting didn't fucking move, and Sting just sitting there looking, and he's like... <laughs> He just sitting there smiling, and then all of a sudden, from out like the from out of the baby face tunnel, <laughs> like like a bat out of hell shot out of a cannon. Darby fucking like Ball. leaves his feet and like turns himself into a human torpedo and takes uh, uh whichever unfortunate uh gun brother's head off in, in one foul swoop and just fatality, flawless victory, all that. <laughs> um, and that was more or less the end of it. Uh, uh for that uh, little segment. Um, wow. Apparently, um, they they did an Edge and CM Punk segment, or, or excuse me, an Edge and Miz segment that was like a word for word, like a rip of the Punk and MJF thing, and people are cooking them on Twitter right now, or cooking Edge on Twitter. Ah, um, fun yeah. times. Damn, you hate to see it. Yeah. Oh, um, also, um, Wrestle Observer uh, Hall of Fame ballot season. They put Edge back on this show. Uh, also, like with them tickets, like we're going to get them ratings tomorrow. And it's going to be like, man, all this right in, you know, the wrong time for, for that voting to go out. <laughs> uh, so you got Adam Cole in Fish backstage. They had uh, they had inter- er, 
they had a response and back and forth with uh, Yuta and, and Orange Cassidy to set up their match on Dynamite. Um, Team Taz contract signing with um, Dante Leo is um, reading over the, his own copy of the contract and uh, <laughs> Taz is like, how you get a copy of the contract? He's like, I don't know if he answered him or he was like, man, I Xerox this shit. It's not that hard to get a fucking copy of some papers, bro. But he's reading over Dante's contract. He's like, yo, this is a bad deal. We did, we not, we not accepting these terms. And Dante, dumbass, don't say a word, don't look up from the paper, don't nothing. Just, just sign, just signs, just signs it, hands it over, steps over the table, or sorry, takes a chip from from hook, steps over, and walks away. And Leo's like, this dumbass boy. <laughs> This man, this man has signed his services over to Jerry Heller. He don't even know it. He don't even know it. All right, good well, luck with shout you. Shout out to my man Brooklyn Ike who insists that Matt Hardy is Jerry Heller. Um, oh boy, boy, yeah. boy, boy. He, he's driving the free par- private party bandwagon. Got to get rid of from uh, Matt Jerry Heller Hardy. Well, it ain't made them better workers. Um, <laughs> fuck. Uh, TBS tournament uh, match. Uh, Thunder Rose versus uh, Jamie Hayter with heard this was solid with uh, with uh, Rebel, Rebel in 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 Brit um, back or sorry at ringside <laughs> they just beat the hell out of each other they just threw forearms and clubbed each other um, in and out the ring back in uh, went through a commercial break came back um, Thunder Rose ended up getting a, a Peruvian necktie <clears throat> and uh, Rebel ends up taking the ref distracting the ref and then um, Brit comes in and breaks it up and, and makes a save. Uh, Jamie ends up getting her in full Nelson. Uh, Thunder Rosa. Britt goes for the super kick. Thunder Rosa moves, super kicks. Um, Jamie. Um, Rosa ends up getting Britt out of the ring and ends up hitting a finish on uh, on Jamie. Jamie's pissed off at the end and like she's pushing and shoving uh, Britt and walks to the back and the hot and mad as hell. But like, this is really a match. This is like, this is the best match in AEW easily. Um, this is the Jamie hater that like we saw in Stardom. Yeah, minus man, um, you know, minus a few like you know suplexes and, and throws, but like that was more or less what we saw out of her. Just she's a she she'll clothesline Larry and club the shit out of you. I think a lot of people are uh, curious about Jamie Hater, and uh, I think uh, it seems like they've been curious stuff. and curious about Jamie Hater since she stepped into the fucking AEW. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh man, um, yeah, she, uh, she, oh, uh, she. I mean, she's a very, she's very charismatic. Uh, she's more than what you, whatever you've seen, and whether you've seen her like you know raise eyebrow and smirk at the camera behind Brit or whatever else, like trying to full focus, like she's a rock, like she's a rock in nation domination. But like, uh, she's very charismatic. She is a very good promo, um, and you know, eventually, I think she should, or I think she should be made a you know key piece of this woman's division in the future. Like, I think she's that kind, that kind of talent to where she's someone that's like should be of a focus. I feel like there, there's a core that's building, um, and I feel like she should be in it. Uh, and we'll see what happens with whatever that was, and if that leads to a potential match down the line with Britt or whatever else. But um, I think you know, when given the time, she'll be able to show what she can actually do. This is her first time really being able to do it. And obviously Thunder Rosa is Thunder Rosa. So um, if you shit the bed with Thunder Rosa, <laughs> then, I, then you have to kind of, uh, you kind of have to, you have to kind of be like, Hey, uh, 
I understand I saw you do this before, but like these other people have it. You might want to tighten the fuck up, so because it's Thunder Rosa. So I'm glad she showed and proved what she could do uh, with some, uh, one of the better uh, women's wrestlers in America. So um, Chris Jericho goes backstage in an interview, and then all of a sudden, two walks by him, and then they he points out like what like they're treading on thin ice backstage with what happened with Kingston, and then uh, Jericho starts insulting them, and. Um, Dan Garcia staring at a dude like, I'll fight you. You'll beat me, but I'll fight you. <laughs> <laughs> so that was more or less the end of the segment. He insulted uh, Matt by calling him a square head. And then people started making, you know, square head, square head chance and whatever. And like Jericho was just a master of getting people to say stupid shit. Yes. <laughs> For 25 years. <laughs> uh Let's see. So then after that, they end up doing the Friendsgiving um, segment backstage where it's like a Thanksgiving table with Britt and Tony Schiavone and Rebel and uh, Jamie's not there because she's still hot. She's still mad. And then um, Schiavone says, I got to point something out. Like at that women's battle royal that we had a, a couple of weeks ago, a couple months ago, Rio never got actually eliminated. So Tony Khan has told me to inform you that she will that you'll be taking having a match with her on Rampage this Friday for a uh, uh, as a Black Friday deal match or some shit or whatever they call it where if she wins Rio gets a title shot um, and then Britt snapped on or not snapped but like basically just verbally um, cut down Shivani and then said Friendsgiving is over you ruined Friendsgiving so um, then you end up getting a uh, <laughs> Brian Danielson versus Cole Cabana in short match, but like, it, but it was good. It wasn't great, but it was good, and it had a lot of like, um, road of sport type stuff and goof and a lot of like, um, comedy goofiness or silliness anyway from, um, Colt. But at the end, obviously, <laughs> Danielson whooped his ass, uh, started stomping on him, chopping on him, uh, and then, uh, I forgot how he finished him, but by the end, he, there's a tooth on the canvas. He picks it up and says, "Look what I did to look what I did to Cabana. Um And uh, then out comes Hangman. Hangman is in. <laughs> <laughs> Hangman is in his gear. This. Hangman is in his gear after uh, last week's conversation where he says, "You're not even your gear. You want to fight? Like I don't want no excuses." He comes out in his gear and then uh, Danielson is like. You would ask me, you would ask to fight me for a title match right here, right now, after I just had a match, you asshole. Dumbass. Um, so <gasps> Paige is like, well, I'll let you get the first shot. And then <laughs> Danielson was like, he kind of like backed off, like, I'm not going to do that. And he stole them. And then they started, um, they started fighting back and forth. And then Paige won momentarily, and he got uh, out to the apron. He goes for the buckshot, and as he goes for the buckshot, like, Danielson, like, just dips out. Man. Um, and also, um, he said that was coward shit. So yes, once again, yes, yes, yes. That coward shit. Yes, he said that's not coward Omega shit. That's, that's, that's coward shit. Yes, is that. he well, did say that. That coward shit. Like, um, not what I would have done. Like, and this is, this is going to keep happening. Like, I'm saying, like, as Danielson keeps marching through these Dark Order members, what is Hangman doing? Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna build tension. It's gonna build tension. Um, yeah, 
but he needs to have a match or something to tune up. He, he, just give him a tune up. Just give him a tune up. Something. Like, yeah. like, it has somebody challenge him. Like, yeah, hey, like, man, I know have you got... Well, I, do you really... I was going to say, have him go out there against someone from HFO, but it's like, I don't want to see him versus the plate, so never mind. Um, yeah, I, but, it's unfortunate that Brian doesn't have any friends anymore. Like, he's not a part of the Babyface Army anymore, it seems like. Well, um, you, oh, you want a uh, Hey Man to be Jungle Boy real quick? Or Luchasaurus? I mean... Something Christian, like have him fight Christian or something. I don't think you can like, really get away with having to be some sacrificial lamb like that, can't? Could you? You didn't get away having Christian be a sacrificial lamb. I mean, if Christian goes out, goes up to him and says, "Like, yo, I'll, I'll work you," and then you know, and, then, and like, bro, that I'll work shit is hilarious to me. <laughs> like, what the fuck does that mean? Like, like in kayfabe, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> Like, bottom line, Heyman has to get in the ring. Like, it he is does. like, I think... Uh, maybe he's banged think, up for the match. Sh- maybe he's banged up for the match. But uh, maybe they shot him some bail. They're like, hey, we don't want to try to put these ratings on your watch, like the, the Thanksgiving show and shit like that. Like, they're going to give him... Uh, they're going to give him a little buffer. Like, maybe, or whatever. Maybe. Maybe. But, like, this isn't fucking WWE where they're concerned about that kind of shit. Like, we do what our rating does, and when we put anybody out there for the most part, like we we have rotation of guys, we have them, you know, we have them on rotation, and like the 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 rating normally does what the rating does, and it goes up, and it goes down, and like that's a show that like we know is going to be bad. Like we're not going to play fucking pretend and act like our brand new minted champion is some disaster because motherfuckers don't want to watch literally. Two hours be- or three hours before, like it's Thanksgiving officially. Like, I- I'm sorry. Like, but I- I'd keep them off the show too. I wouldn't want to put that on his plate. I don't think they care about no shit like that. Do you think they care about some shit like that? Look, they might not care about shit, but there are plenty of wrestlers in wrestling history that would clearly take themselves out of action like when they knew like ratings like L's were on the way like I seem to remember Hulk Hogan pulling himself during, during the, the playoffs. NBA playoffs um, I was making jokes that I was like yeah man you know Kenny had to drop the belt before the holiday season like you know we won't want none of that shit attributed you oh know <laughs> so um, but yeah man I, like bottom line I I think Heyman needs to get in the ring. Like, like, shouts out to Danny uh, on the network. He needs to get in the ring, you know. <laughs> uh, so then, uh, the main event was Mal- or basically uh, the, the Def, um, Def Nightmare, tri- Def Triangle, Def Triangle family. and Cody, Def Triangle and Cody <laughs> versus um, Malachi Black, El Idolo, and uh, or, or Malachi Black, Andrade, and um, FTR. This is a very good match. I don't remember it because it's been a week and there are matches that I saw two days ago that or three days ago that I don't fucking remember. But um, it was a really good match. Like, probably even great. I have to rewatch it. But, like, uh, the crowd was really hot. Uh, they were reacting to pretty much anything Cody did or didn't do. Um, Another away people, game, huh? People say, it was, people say it was a 50-50 crowd, but it's like, I understand Sonics and, like, low sound does not travel or... As far as far as high sound, so when like I hear Dave Meltzer talking about like the boos, boos are naturally louder than cheers. I'm like, that's not how Sonics works, my guy. Like, there's a reason why you have to have a power pack to a subwoofer and not the fucking um, tweeters. Like, that's not how that works. So anyway, um, he he was getting um, he was getting 
uh, mostly booed. And like this is not good. But I, at least I think, at least I know he's, at least it feels like he's in on the act with it. So I don't know how, how he's trying to, and it feels like he's trying to figure out how to modulate it at times uh, to where like to get reaction. So like, whatever. Um, it I feel like that's even worse, man. But like, it didn't, but here's the thing. In this situation, it's not like, it didn't feel like how I felt a couple weeks ago to where it felt like this dude doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. And like, he's kind of like up shit's creek without a paddle. And he's trying to maneuver through this and try to still come out to be a babyface at this point. Like now he's trying to, Use it to enhance his matches as opposed to doing shit that just like lets these matches just kind of like feel like the action is completely secondary to whatever not whatever other stuff he wants to throw into his matches. So I felt like this was he made I felt like he got better with this. You'll watch it. You'll you'll um, you'll see and you can come up with your own conclusion on how you feel about it. But I felt like this was a step forward as opposed to a step backward. Um, mm-hmm. So. Uh, basically by the end, or you end up getting exchange between Andrade and Malachi, and can't wait for that match. Um, obviously you have the FTR and the um, Lucha Bros stuff. Uh, but by the end, uh, oh, you end up getting Arn Anderson, and you get uh Tully in the ring, and they have a, they're gonna duel duel with each other. But then fucking Jose gets up, and they both lay his ass out. Um, instead, so, uh, but by the end you end up getting Andrade. Um, hitting his um hammerlocks move on Pac and getting the win. So like they, I think they're like four matches against each other so far, so far, and they both pin each other twice. So I heard some uh, Andrade attack Cody off the air. Um, yeah, I heard that outside the ring. Like they got a street fight, Atlanta street fight set up for next week. Cody versus Andrade. Last time they fought each other it was pretty good. So. Yeah, it was. Um, it was. So, uh, that was Dynamite. Yeah, I guess there's only uh, one thing left to do, James. So, uh, for your birthday, hit the music. So, Stardom on Saturday had their second pay-per-view of November, the Tokyo Super Wars. Um, very good show. Don't, wouldn't call it great. Um, super, super solid undercard. I felt like the variety of the last three matches, um, they're all, like, not the main event, but the semi-main event in the match below that had um, not regular singles matches, but, like, there was a UWF match that some people think was just very good and other people think, like, it's some match of your contender. And I'm more of the I'm more of the opinion that it was just a very good match, and if they had a regular match with the same amount of time, they would have smoked this match, but whatever. I feel the same. I, yeah. I was watching it, and I was just like... <sighs> I, I was like, I see what they're trying. Like, so I thought it started off hot, right? And then, like, figuring out how to match win. I'm like, oh, okay, you have, like, a certain amount of points left. And I kind of, like, felt like I fell asleep, like, on it in the middle of the match. And then, like, when I knew it was down to 1-1, I was, like, back into it again. So the problem for me was if you're doing a Konami and Shuri match in 2021 to start them, 
Shuri's the babyface, Konami's the heel. Why is Shuri getting? Um, why is Shuri in the first? Um, well, let, we'll get, we'll get to it. Like I felt like they did it wrong until like they did something to t- turn the tide on it, and then like once they turned the tide on it, it got dramatic, and mm-hmm. that's when it clicked, and that's when it, the crowd picked up and everything because Shuri's the babyface badass, and Konami is the the badass baddie. So, um, and then. The white belt match. We'll, um, we'll we'll get to it, but um, open the match. Future uh, three future belt three way champion Rawaka versus uh, Mai and Waka. Waka. Um, this this wasn't a good match, but uh, basically the end of it uh, happens when they end up getting Waka out the ring and Rawaka ends up hitting Mai with a blue thunder bomb. She kicks and then. Um, Rocka goes to the top and ends up hitting her, her top rope splash, uh, the freezer bomb and gets the win. Um, she's celebrating and after the match, the, uh, masked person, wrestler <laughs> X, if you will, uh, the masked person, uh, from last pay-per-views dark sh- match, uh, came out and attacked the two wrestlers. She came out and attacked all three wrestlers in the features match, um, with a sledgehammer again. And then uh, bailed after Starlight Kid came out to make the save for Ruaka. Um, it may then, or may not have been Kyrie saying. <laughs> it, it, it may not. It was not. Kyrie saying it definitely wasn't. Um, so after they clear up that, cleared up that riffraff, uh, Hannon gets to the ring and she uh, challenges Ruaka for the future belt at Sumo Hall on the 29th of next month. So. Um, that's probably where Rocco found, or sorry, where uh, the the belt. This is like the first uh, match, future match where like uh, Rock will face a threat. I I could see definitely see Rock or uh, Hannon winning. Um, so next match after that, uh, start. Oh, sorry, uh, Momo in Azumi versus Unagi in Lady C. This this one of those matches where like they put it together. Just because, like, just because, like, those were what's left over on the roster, based off after they went from the top down, booking the card, and like a couple years ago, if this on a Corican Hall, you're just like, okay, like whatever. But like, this was a good match. Like, I dare say it was a very good match. Um, I was, I was particularly impressed with Lady C. I, I uh, was gonna mention that. I was gonna say there was like a a part with her towards the end of the match where she kind of got extended focus, where I was like. Oh, okay. I, I see. I see what uh, like Jane's been talking about with Lady C. Um, I don't think it's like I think she's got a long way to go. Oh yeah, but. yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> I, I, I'm just, she's at the point now where like she's reliable in the tags, or she's reliable in in tags. If you you know you have the match out there with like some of the best workers to start, and like it's funny because you were talking about listening to audio. I was listening to because I'm now going through starting to cut up best of 2021. Uh, one H radio and I was going through our stardom, um, 2000, uh, 2020 review. Cause that was like the second show of the year. And I had said on that show, like if lady C given where she was when she first debuted in the first two months, like how terrible she was. Like if she is like any bit, any bit, not even if she's just decent, like she should be a most improved wrestler candidate. 
and like she's she's decent now. She's decent. Like you can put her in a match and she can be good and she can finish a match and not fuck everything up and or just be very super limited as and not have the instincts and chops for it yet, like or the footwork down. Like she's not like she she's really progressed over the you know hundred and something matches she's had uh, since then. Um, and I, you look at like. When we talk about it, like, she might end up in, like, two years. She might be fucking good, for all we know. So, like, or really good, for all we know. So, like, that's kind of what like, the thing is with stardom is, like, it's a really high-effort promotion. And, like, people are going to get better. People con- constantly get better. Motherfuckers just got to get in there and work. Yeah. You know? uh, so, the closing stretch ends up with Azumi and Lady C in the ring. Uh, Lady C and Unagi hit a... It hit a combo code breaker Russian leg sweep. Um, Lady C then puts Azumi on the top rope and goes for like an avalanche or a high high level uh, choke slam. Azumi turns the choke slam in, uh, in midair into a hurricanrana for a pin. Uh, Lady C kicks. Unagi gets in the, uh, to, uh, to try to break break some momentum up, and she ends up getting a, a Dudley. She ends up getting a Dudley death drop for her troubles, um, and she's out the ring. She's done for the match. So. Then uh, Momo and Azumi end up getting um, Lady C up in the corner for a combination for their combination double foot stomp face buster, and then um, Azumi ends up hitting the double foot stomp for the win off the top row for the win. Uh, it's like a three and a quarter, three and a half thing. I, I really enjoyed it for a second match on a card. Uh, third match: uh, Mayu Hazuki and Hanan versus Saki Death and Rena. This is yeah, I'm still I'm still getting used to a Hazuki coming out to this happy music and all that. It don't quite fit. Usually, like I'm used to Hazuki with the scowl and then like the the kind of cool, mysterious music or whatever. Mm-hmm. Now it's just you know I don't I don't know. It's too pretty in here. Oh, Lord. you know. I mean, I figured you'd appreciate the fact that she came out there and, and wrestled in the t-shirt. <laughs> I, yeah, I, yes, I, I did see that part. <laughs> like, you know, like we always talk about like t-shirt Naito or whatever else, but like, you know, she, uh, they, Stars has a new shirt and like she, you know, she has her version of it and she cut it up and she's wearing it uh, to try to get this merch out. But um, I, I mean, you've seen this match a thousand times and stardom in a trio setting. Like this is like a third or fourth match on a stardom card on a road to a uh, level show where they just like, we're not, this, this isn't going to go 18 minutes. This isn't going to go 20 minutes. This is going to go like 12, 10 mi- minutes. And we're going to give you a really good, we're going to give you a, a, a quality match, but we're not trying to have, you know, the match of the night. Uh, so they were in there and they were really good. Uh, the closing stretch ended up with uh, Hazuki and, and Saki. And um, Hazuki hits a Michinoku driver two for two. Hazuki goes up for her brain buster. Saki slips from behind and goes for her flash crucifix pin. Hazuki escapes and goes for uh, Hazuki straw. Um, but Saki rolls through to her feet and then finally gets her crucifix flash pin. And then uh, Mayu and Hanan break it up for the save at like 2.8. Uh, Hazuki and Mayu uh, dodge Saki's like attempt at a double bulldog and they hit her with uh, stereo head kicks. And then... Um, Star or Hannah gets in the ring, so it's all three stars members, and then they do like the old uh, freedom um, signature move called the rocket. And like it is basically like opponents in a corner, um, and Mayu's in the opposite corner, and she comes charging in, and then like my or Kyrie and Io will basically like 
catapult lift her in the air and then she would missile drop keep the person in the corner um and like she started doing it with uh kagumi and hazuki uh last weekend um but she ended up doing it with um hazuki and hannon anyway uh so then after that like <laughs> uh hazuki ends up hitting the brain buster and gets, gets the win and i was like she put, uh, yeah that brain buster would look devastating that you know it's funny that might be the third best brain buster I've seen, or worst, depending on how you describe it. <laughs> uh, the third worst or best brain buster I've ever seen Hazuki hit Saki with. She has murdered this woman plenty of times. <laughs> plenty of times. Uh, so, uh, post-match, um, Hazuki was like, well, you know, Mayu, on the last, last couple shows, you were talking about a, uh, a, a unit tournament for a million yen, and, like, I hate to break it to you, but, like, <laughs> like, uh, Queen's Quest and Oedo Tire in a, are in a match, and there's only five factions in in, uh, in Stardom. Like, how the fuck is this tournament gonna work? Is it a round robin? What are the rules? So, um, Mayu ends up saying, like, okay, so it's gonna be the teams aren't in that, so it's gonna be us, it's gonna be um, Donald Omondo, it's gonna be uh, Cosmic Angels, and uh, Donald, I mentioned Donald Mondo. So, like the three remaining starting factions plus Marvelous, and um, she uh, she says it's gonna be for th- she says it's gonna be it's gonna be for a million yen. Uh, and I was looking at what like this fake ass number, like <laughs> oh, like even this fake ass number. So, like I uh, the funny thing is um, one of those brought Lesnar fine uh, right amounts. Like a million yen is like. A hun- like just under a, a hundred thousand dollars and like really a hundred thousand dollars so I, I so I was like whatever whatever but uh that 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 is what she had to announce so and that was the end of it but uh next match at that uh Kamatani Naspoi and Hameka uh triple threat for the number one contendership for the white belt um closing stretch by a time so the this is a very good match um Here's the problem for me. Watching it live on the show, the audio went out of sync for the next two matches. Mm. And it didn't just go out of sync for me. It went out of sync for everyone. Where like the audio was like one or two seconds behind. At least it wasn't ahead, but it was behind uh, the match. But uh, I haven't rewatched it, but the match was very good. Um, so going into the match, um, as I mentioned it during the end of tag league, uh, as they were doing the, cause they, before the end of tag league, they actually, um, announced this match and then they did the press conference for the pay-per-view. So, um, after NASA boy told, uh, Hameka, she had no passion for wrestling. Hameka was mad at her. And then when they lost and got eliminated after there was a malfunction at junction where, um, Hameka ended up hitting Nasapoy. Hameka blamed Nasapoy for why they lost. And like had Nasapoy crying in the back. So so uh they showed the video package for it. So the closest stretch of this match ends up with those two in the ring. And um Hameka just decks uh Nasapoy with two big oh, uh, limits. And then and then Nasapoy kicks it one, like just kicks it one like fire and like Hameka gets her up and goes for a sit out power bomb and then Nasapoy wiggles free and then like hits a Casador bulldog and then like 
Lil O Hamek, or sorry, Lil O Nasipoy, then German release throws uh the giant Hameka and <laughs> drops her on the back of her head, and th- and that's the end of Hameka for the rest of that match. Uh, you and know she what rolls this out. felt like? What, what what their beef felt like? It feels like an older sister that's bigger with a younger <laughs> sister that's like, or excuse me, uh, like the older sibling is, is small, but the younger sibling is big. Like yeah. that's what this feels like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was it was super impressive. Um, and like in the follow it up, like the second that she gets hit with that German and rolls out, and the crowd pops for that for that German on, on some on some real you know bait Walter shit. <laughs> Uh, Kamatani comes into the ring, hits a, uh, hits a springboard crossbody, and then goes to get Nasapoi and goes for her star crusher, that, that Fisherman Falcon's arrow. But Nasapoi wiggles out and then d- goes for her step up, incredible lucha victory rolls move, and she ends up hitting it. But as she hits it, Kamatani rolls through and then, uh, bridges over the top of her and traps her and pins her. Um, yep. so that, that was a great finish. Uh, in. <laughs> Let's go. And, uh, so <laughs> she did a pretty cool poison rana at some point. Yeah, yeah, she hit a, the, yeah, she was uh, um, Hameka. Yeah, yeah, with Hameka. Hameka had her up. Uh, was about to hit her with a J or the King of Diamonds KOD. Um, and then like she turned into a uh, reverse rana and then hit the ropes and then came back with a uh, spinning heel kick. Yeah, yeah, uh, really fun right. match. Uh, utilized all you know, utilized Nasport, uh with in in that three way. Um, I thought there were really good exchanges between Hameka and with Hameka against both of them, again with Kamatani and with Nasapoi. I thought I thought this was a really good match. Yeah, ready, ready to see the new number one contender, Saya Kamatani. Let's go. Yeah, um, we'll get to that after the when we review uh, after the post match of the uh, white belt match. But um, Zach said teams fighting for money. That sounds like DDT stuff. Teams fighting for money. That sounds like pro wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I, I want to say there's the there's, horsemen. They never fought for those lump sum of cash. I, I feel like I've seen ladder matches for money before. I'm sure you have. Yeah. Like what's in the briefcase? Oh, it's the Halliburton. There's thousands of Yeah, there's thousands of dollars in the Halliburton. Go up there and get it. <laughs> right. Like yeah, and this ain't the first match for money. And then uh, starting like that. Um, that that random uh, that randomized triple threat uh, tag team match with Julia and Tam and them. Like the reason, the motivation for them was all like it was a cash prize. Whoever won, like I don't know what I don't know what Nasapoy and uh, and Azumi spent it on, but it, they they won an envelope of cash. Uh, he looks like he's referring to the DDT Empty Dome match from Halloween. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see watch that. it. Yeah. Is it an annual thing? Because uh, obviously I feel like I remember, I've seen them. I mean, I, I remember yeah. the one that had um that had Minoru Suzuki in it, and then like you know Aja Kong singing the national anthem. But like I don't know if it's an angle thing. Uh, yeah, he'll probably tell us. Okay, so um, <clears throat> so yeah, uh, oh, so the post match is like after that, uh, they made up on the way out the ring. Um, yeah, Hameka and Hameka uh, carries her out the ring like yeah. on her back like a yeah. child. Yeah, and the thing is that plays off of what happened um in their Grand Prix match where like <laughs> like Nasapoy had her beat multiple times, just couldn't it would you know, all her high speed read and flash pins, just couldn't put her away, and then she got beat, and then like Nasapoy was furious and she's like, Come on, let's go to the back and then she hopped on her back. I thought it was adorable, and then like it was nice that like they made up that way. Uh so 
Um, then the then the uh, high speed match next match Kaguma versus Kid. Another great high speed match. Like yeah, that that first thirty seconds was again clipped up and shared by all the giffers on Twitter. Oh, as far as and, running uh, out the ring and doing like uh, as far as a good thing or a bad thing. That's a good thing. Okay, I didn't know if people were like, look at this fake fighter. They're, they're they're doing Irish oh. whips in and out the ring or whatever else. No, nah, like, okay. Star, Star, Star's not that popular yet. It, oh, okay. it's coming. Oh, oh, oh gotcha, <laughs> gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Remember when they did that shit to uh, who was it? Uh, was it uh, Devlin and, and Bait? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Them, so, uh, yeah, yeah. There's you know, there's more shit. Yeah, but. I mean, it's it's Starlight Kid and it's, it's Starlight Kid, and at this point, you say it's Kaguma and a high speed match, and they're just great together. And um, by the end, like it's Yo, Starlight Kid is fucking awesome. Yeah. Like it's just like yeah, like like I like I was watching this match right, and mm-hmm. I was like, man, like I know she wouldn't win, right? But it made me consider creating a new award for One Nation Radio. It was like single best championship reign or whatever. And feel like, yeah, Starlight Kids should be nominated. Like, hmm. <laughs> so, well, okay, so Utami, Kid. See, the thing is, I don't know if. It, I feel like um, the Starlight. I'm not sorry, Kid, but the, uh, the tag team title reign between Shuri and Julia, I feel like it's divisive. Like, I feel like. Their matches are really good, but they're also at times feel long and form it long and like for the sake of going long. Whereas like I, these last three, like these next like five kickouts, I know no one's getting kicked. I know no one's getting pinned here. Uh, but like some, I, I would, but at times some like, work. But at times like it's still it's still very good. But but um but and then at times that award. But then it okay okay. But then at times like some of those matches like against like MK sisters or you know Mayu and Kid or like. Uh, Mumbo and Azumi, like those matches went the fuck off. But um Yeah, she she's I mean, for what she's doing, I mean, as a mid-card champion, she's killing it. She's fucking killing it. Um and I, I mean she also has that thing where it's like she has she she's not just a high speed champion, she's also stirring shit with other people. Like she's she has the defenses, but like she has the mumble thing going on, and like that's a big deal. Like, and I feel like that helps her. Like Obviously, you know, Nas goes out, Julia's out for the moment, so, like, it felt like, it feels like they're, ch- she's de facto the biggest heel in startup right now, so they're letting her stir some shit up. Obviously, like, these are kind of low low stakes, it's not like she's, like, it's not like she's out here antagonizing uh, Utami or Tam for something right now, but, like, she, she, everything she's doing really works, and, like, to see it from such, happen, like, out of such a shitty feud of that Oedo Tai Stars thing and then it finally happened and now she's a heel like I feel like this this has been some of the best uh work in stardom I've seen um as far as character work and then like putting it together with matches like she's she's knocking out the park and we always knew she could, she was gonna knock him out the park whatever they gave her but like we thought it'd be as a baby face not like this but it's still great um yeah. so uh after this oh so basically that match ends up ending with a uh, kid uh Kakuma is a running Rope running, and they're gonna cross each other up, and then uh, Kag- or kids in the middle of the ring. Uh, Kaguma comes off the ring. She ends up cutting her legs from underneath her, and then she ends up uh, flipping her back over to her feet, and then like catching her in a fireman's carry and rolling her back over and catching her in a, in a pin in a, in a fireman's roll over pin. Um, so after the match, she wants a new, a new challenger. So I'm thinking to myself like, okay, so since the Grand Prix on pay per view, Azumi 
has not really been in pin. Like they were pinning Kamatani in these pay-per-views and stuff instead of her. I was like, okay. I mean, they've, they've only had one singles match this year. So they're protected in a way that they were for when you used to like go out there like and wrestle every month. But so I was like, all right. Is it going to be Azumi? Azumi comes down like, yes. Bro, yes. I immediately pop. I was like, let's go. Yes. Let's go. Yes. Let's go. Like, it, it, it's interesting when you see like these, uh, like there are moments where you're like, all right, what's it going to be? Like when um Tam came out at, after Shuri had won the Grand the Grand Prix and was like, I, I, I want to announce, I want to challenge my, I want to announce and request my next challenge. And it was like, it's going to be Mayu and it's Mayu. Or like when um after, um, B had beat Hannah after the, uh, the month after the Grand Prix and she got her title defense and I was like there's nobody left it's gotta be Mayu and then Mayu comes out it's like <laughs> when you're just going through the Rolex like who's gonna be next and then it happens like it's just I've been waiting <laughs> you know yeah. gunshots Joe Button gunshots you know, yeah. I've been waiting so I've been uh, waiting indeed like so, uh, you know but, there, there are certain like um, pairings in wrestling you know there's Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels <laughs> You know, there's CM Punk and Daniel Bryan, and then there's Starlight Kid in a Zoomy. Let's fucking ride. No, okay. Clip so, I, so here's the thing. Here's the part where I know you didn't watch all of it, or you missed something in translation, or not missed a translation, but you missed some context clues. So, Azumi asked for the title shot. Kid's about to say yes, and then uh, Kaguma like takes the mic, and then and then basically Kaguma's like. Yeah, you just beat me, but you didn't put me away. You 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 pinned me, and I'm thinking to myself, you. I wanted a match. I Move wanted this match. Uh, yeah, go away, go away. No offense, you're you are damn good. You you have Please. improved. You have you are at the, almost at the, you're basically at the point you were when you retired. Uh, you know, six years ago. But now's not the time. But she uh, said. On. But she said, "Fuck that. Y'all y'all want y'all a match? Fuck that match. I need." I'll be your pin eater in this match, and it's gonna be a three way. So that match is gonna be awesome. Um, it's gonna be a change to Kirk. So you also got to think like they have to have some variety on that card. Like obviously, you think like well, a high speed match is some variety, but like you're gonna have Tam and Kamatani. You're gonna have uh, Shuri and Utami. Who knows what other special singles match they pull out to to uh, for probably Julia on her return. So put a three way out there. And then eventually you can get, you know, kick and pin um, Kaguma. And then, like, they can do that another time. It's fine. Um, so, yeah. Uh, then next match after that, that's when you get to the the three matches we talked about. Um, or the, the three main matches. So, SWA. That's awesome gift to, like, uh, the face-off and then Kaguma getting down and doing the, you know, literally, the bear sign it, and then it, literally it, getting kicked. It was literally a microcosm or illustration of exactly how I felt at the time. Like, I want to see Azumi and Kid, and, like, if you want to see that match, that match exists already uh, on this level of what you think you're going to get anyway. Like, their October 3rd match that opened that first big starting pay-per-view that they did. Um... And that match is great. Like I get a match for flat stars, and that's the opener. They're both better now. You're uh, you know, or twelve or fourteen months removed from that. But it's like they'll they'll do it eventually. But that's fine. Um. So. But yeah, like there, you want to see that match, and all of a sudden Kaguma literally butts in, you know, and then like kid like kicks her out of the way, like get the fuck out. Of here. That's how I felt it. So I was like, hey, just, look, this match is gonna be this match is gonna be just as great regardless. But like, hey man, get the fuck out of here right now. I kind of want to see these two. Uh, so yeah, um, 
Anyway, we end up getting um next match. You get the SWA in in Grand Prix briefcase match. Um, a UF uh, WUF. I'm sorry, a UWF match. Uh, rules match between Konami and Shuri. Konami comes out and Konami comes out <laughs> in the fighters garb in the in the in the in the in the, in the, in the, in the MMA gear. She should switch her gear to that. Um, I feel like it should be an option. Um, like she, if she wants to, she can wear the the, the the MMA stuff that she wore with 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 boots or shoes or whatever. Because now she's just cool. wearing all black. Now, like it, it's not, it's not like she really even doing her color joints no more. It's like hey, you and Odeo Odeo tie y'all. You can just wear all black. Go to the fight stuff. <laughs> well, like I liked her. I like her gear. Or oh, she's re, she actually has a new a revamped version of the gear that she's been wearing the last year. Uh, but like. I like the old one anyway because it's like she looks like a she looks like I don't know name one of the women in Mortal Kombat she looks like she looks like an evil ninja she's like does. Melina or something Melina or, yeah. yeah yeah she she did except it's a black and purple so like um she has new gear it's a revamped version of that gear uh, that she wore last weekend uh, the first uh, she came back for like two matches before uh, this but anyway like she came out for the fight in the fight gear stuff. Uh, for this match, and it looked awesome. I thought it was cool. I thought it was really nice touch. So I was assuming like she was gonna come out in like a red version of, but she came out in like her, uh, I believe it's her Reina, her Reina gear from like six, seven, eight years ago. Um, but anyway, so this match is very good. Uh, I've heard, I've seen some people say like it was the best match in the card. Or it was like one of the best matches of the year, and I can't get with that. Like <laughs> I can't get with like Jay Z, but um. I thought the match was really good. I think the problem for me was like when when we talk about like um, matches where it involves counts, it works better when the babyface is behind and overcomes at the end. And they did get to that at the end, but um, but for the rules, people that don't know what a UWF rules match is, it's a uh, thirty minute time limit, singles match, thirty minute time limit. There are no pinfalls. There are there are submissions and there are knockouts. Uh, but the rules, of, but you can also win besides those two ways by, um, either, uh, knocking, knocking down people's point totals. The way to knock down people's, to- uh, point totals are either a knockdowns or B, um, submissions where the wrestlers make the ropes to, uh, to have the, uh, a rope break. Um, so once you get to five or once you, uh, break, lose your five, you lose. Um, so, and the, in so when they're both on five, say, I like the, the concept, like in like uh, hearing it like that, I'm like, oh, wow, that's a really unique match that someone thought of. And I, and there, there's there a lot gr- to do. And there have been great, you, uh, UWF matches. Like, uh, Josh was telling me that like, uh, Vader had a number of them and I had asked him how many people have ever had good ones or great ones that were neither wrestler had backgrounds in, um, in combat fighting, he couldn't recall any, but like he does remember, he he does remember that Vader, with no background in combat fighting, had a number of them with a bunch of people that had uh com- or combat backgrounds. But um, I saw Shuri in one in Gleet last year uh, with you, you who formerly of Tokyo Doshi Pro, now as a freelancer in Japan, she's a judoka. I've seen it in you. like the concert. The concept works. It just depends on how you work it, right? Like if you work in a traditional like the um, let's say in the sense of how a good war games typically goes, where the baby or the heel has the advantage, um, mm-hmm. going through it, 
it, it will just work. But what they decided to do was when they were both on five, uh, Konami got got her to four first, and then I'm sorry, Shuri got Konami to four first, and then when they were both on four, um, Shuri got Konami to three first, and I was like, and I'm out of thinking like, why are y'all doing this backwards? Uh huh. So basically, when they're both at three, Konami gets. Um, back to back, like knocked down and uh, submission rope break. So now Shuri's on one, so now it's one three Konami, and that's where this match takes the fuck off. So Shuri has to fight from underneath, and like she ends up battling back, and at the end is down one to one, and then um, they start no selling or not no selling, but like not going down off of head kicks that were knocking them down earlier, and right. then eventually um, Konami ends up. Uh, Shuri's are taking out Konami with a final head kick, and I thought that was dramatic. I thought it was great, um, and that's when the crowd picked up when it was th- when it was three uh, one Konami. So like, I felt like the last half of the match was damn was great. Uh, I just felt like the first half I enjoyed their wrestling and grappling at the beginning, um, but I was just kind of like center like why it was pulling me out of the match like why I was like why are y'all doing this backwards why are y'all doing this backwards and then. From there, but like, yeah, um, but it's still, I don't, I don't, I don't think for, I think for the people that, uh, that if they find this match divisive or they don't like this match, I don't think you can come away saying this match anything other than very good. Yeah, like, I, I would say it, it's not for me, yeah, um, on what they did here. I wouldn't be opposed to seeing another one, same, just, same. just to see, like, hey, maybe I'll like another one more or whatever, but, um, yeah, it was. Like like I said uh, previously, it was like yeah, hot open, and then like at the end, like you said, they start like they start literally going with the kicks, and then it's like all right, like that. But like I feel like the whole middle portion was like I, I just couldn't get into it. Right, right, right. Um, I also like the liberty they took with the rest, where um they allowed them to like a knockdown wasn't a standard wrestling or standard like legit fight knockdown. Like they had to be like put flat on their back. Uh, for it to be a knockdown, like they could go to a knee, and that's not a knockdown. So I, I thought they gave them some artistic liberty to, to you know, like hit somebody with a head kick, and then hit, like, you know, finally get someone out of there with a buzzsaw kick. So I thought that was, I thought that was um, a nice touch and help help their match. Uh, so they did the other way. I, I don't think it would have been as um, as brutal or dramatic. So uh, Shuri ends up winning, and obviously that means she's going. She's carried. She's at this point, that means she has just cleaned them all out. She has uh, answered all her losses in the Grand Prix, um, and then she goes and faces um, she and she will go to um, so, Sumo Hall to face um, Utami. So, hey, like Bruce Buffer would say, it's time. <laughs> yeah, so uh, really excited about that. So. Uh, then we get to, then we get to the white belt match. Um, look on your face. (laughs) Eye rolls. Yeah. Okay. So they do a video package, um, showing like a happy day in the life of Mina Shirakawa. Oh, sorry. The white belt matches, uh, Tam Nakano versus Mina Shirakawa. Um, so they show like you know uh, this video package of that's following like in, a day in the life of Mina, and shows yes, her uh, first meeting 
um, Tam and shows them in Cosmic Angels together and shows them winning the uh, trios titles. And um, it is it is seems to be following um, that what she tweeted out like the day before the show um, where she talks about how um, she was really close to Tam. Tam really brought on her wings. She's appreciative of Tam. Uh, Tam really helped her out. And sometimes she felt like she let Tam down. She wasn't strong enough to hold her own. And she felt like she was baggage to Tam. And when people said like, is Tam Nakano in those other two, it, it cut deep. Um, and she said like, we spent so much time together and um but it felt like i wasn't as close to her as i wanted to be after i told her like everything about me and i felt like there was this weird thing like some there was something missing like where she's still really nice she's still a great friend but like i almost wanted to be like i want to be like sisters almost um and but i never i never could get over that final hurdle with her and then she said but it all clicked to me when i watched her versus mayu at Osaka Joe Hall, like the, the, the fire and the look in her eyes, like that was what I wanted to see the past ever since I've known her ever since she like, you know, offered her hand to me. And like, I was devastated to see that like this, this actually is in her, but it's for someone else. And she said, like, I, I am going to get that out of Tam. I want to see that. I want that feeling that she has for Mayu for me. Um, and so while she's cutting this promo and showing all that stuff that ties with, that ties in line with the video package and also what she put on Twitter, you see her in a room and you see her start crying. And then you see her also like going crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was watching this video package and I was like, I like I've read the translation like um that you sent a couple days prior. Yeah. And then I saw it, I was like, hold on, man. I didn't like, think this was gonna happen. Like, I did not oh, know she was gonna yeah. go, she's crazy. She's turning, you know, some version of Mickey James, or I don't say Mickey James, but you get my point. Like, like I, I, I didn't I, think that was gonna happen. Like I saw that, but yeah, I was like, you know, thinking from the pessimistic standpoint. I was like, so like is Tam chewing these young ladies up that she's with? And like like a vampire, essentially. These young these, ladies, they're the same age. You know, you know they need less experience. You know, you know these these oh, these greenhorns that that she's brought in under her wing. You know, basically using them for their energy. You know, to fuel her forward. You know, that, that that's the oh, vibe wow. I was getting over yeah. watching this video so, package. So. <sighs> This is very rare for stardom. I don't recall ever seeing a video package that went to, I wouldn't say, WWE's uh, Supernatural. Bro, it was shot completely different than most things that you'll ever see. Like, it was just like, it looked expensive. It did. It did. Um, So, she comes out, and obviously, I'm I'm expecting to see her in new gear, because she's more or less in the same gear. Mina Shirakawa pulled up looking like Christ is watching. <laughs> she she came out, and she looked... Her new gear is fantastic. I'm not, I'm not going to go no farther. I'm not going to go into <laughs> no details, but it looks... But hey, it, look, it's, it is great. Christ is the, watching. The thing for me is, when she came out, and she's like... Making a mannerisms that she's like lost her mind and she's insane. She's batshit insane. Like New as hair if she color had like too. some 
Right, uh, and then she had like almost like she had some like Harley Quinn esque type of like psychotic break, and I just like, yo, I just saw you like, <laughs> like why were you hot shot that she's going that she's had a psychotic break over like a weekend, like two weeks two weeks ago she was fine, she like they lost their you know they struggled in tag league her and Tan together and like. She missed the two shows after that, and apparently, like in those two weeks, she's just gone nuts. She went off the reservation, yes. all of that stuff. But it's like we had no idea to expect this or see this coming. So it almost felt like you just hot shot it that she just went crazy like two days ago. There was no right. signs until two days ago. Like she so could have went crazy on screen rather than just showed up crazy. Right. It doesn't. It, to me, it didn't feel earned. So I'm like, what the fuck is this? So and then, like the match. Like, I'm getting to the match. I'm, I'm getting to the match. So they have this. It was like they were trying roster, so hard. They had this main roster or too hard fiend ish. Get over a character at the expense of the action or the actual real emotion or pathos of the match. Um, stuff that happened. Like so. Um, <clears throat> so you know, she mentioned the Osaka Joe Hall match between Tam and and, and uh, Mayu and. There's a big, there's a big set piece in it where, like, after they get back in the ring, after they fought out, out, fought on the outside forever, and shoving the ref to keep beating each other, the hell, to beat the hell out of each other. They were both exhausted, and they were both on the floor, on the mat, and then like they both look, basically had enough energy to look up to each other and basically kick each other from a, from without having the energy to get up, and then they eventually kicked each other, and then they got to their knees, and they threw forearms, and then they got to, uh, to their feet, and then they started exchanging fucking. <laughs> shoot headbutts. So earlier early in the match, they get to that point where they're both on in the mat on the floor and like uh Mina is trying to do the kick thing and like Tam is no selling it. Like you're not gonna get you're not gonna the reaction yep. out of me. It's very similar to not very similar. It's like it's kind of it, it has notes of the I'm going to break you and get you to do what I want emotionally thing from MJF and Darby. Mm-hmm. Uh from the last pay-per-view where it's like, I'm going to, I'm not only am I going to beat you, my is probably more is also, I'm going to beat you I'm and also like, you, you blow your stack and lose your cool. We're like, so Tam is just like eating. It's like, Nope, not getting out of me. I'm not, I'm not, I am. I, I do. I'm not responding to this nonsense. I don't feel for you in this way. Right. And then like, and you can see like Mina getting more desperate and getting more emotional and upset that she's not getting, she's not getting the fire in her eyes that that Tam gives Mayu. So uh, the match continues and then they eventually. Look, there, there are statements to be made and jokes to be had about this whole situation, which I will not make. Let's, let's keep continuing. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll I'll guess I'll have to suffer through your nonsense after, after the air. But, um, (laughs) so the match continues in, they end up at a point to where like she finally has an advantage over a real advantage over Tam, and it seems like she could like start throwing strikes and uh, Tam's down and could probably you know mount mount a some type of charge towards getting a pinfall. So there's one point where like she goes to slap Tam, and she see I guess she finally sees something a flicker in the eye a gleam of the eye of what she wants to see out of Tam's out of Tam, and like she's back here with it like you know got the, got the pimp hand strong way caught back and she stops and i was just like this is this Melodrama. is like this is the melodramatic nonsense that it 
that like I had never I, had, I don't think I'd ever seen in Stardom, and I was like, "What the fuck is this?" So I was uh, I, I was not happy, but basically, um, I, I, I like I like Tam to get back to pure competition, right? So eventually, so eventually, uh, Mina gets out of Tam, and um, Tam fires up. Tam beats the shit out of her. Um, goes to hit her with the um. Uh, gets her up and hits and drops her with the uh, violet screwdriver and then drops her with the uh, Twilight Dream and gets the fuck out of there and like Mina's Mina's still MIA right now but she's announced to be in the, that trios um thing we'll get to that later but like yeah it was just, it was just weird and it was like I'm and I'm thinking to Look, myself like I'm gonna be leaving the unit I won't I don't know um. I think that she got what she wanted finally. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Um, but it does explain why they underperformed in the uh, tag league because they were telling the story of there is a disconnect. There is a small thing missing between those two chemistry. And like, this is the path towards eventually solving it. We'll see. But I don't know. Um, so after the match, Kamatani or Tam tells Kamatani to come out. Um, they go face to face and you know, that's set for, um, Sumo Hall. So let's get it. Yeah. I, I, I think it, I've watched a lot of white belt matches, um, since, since watching stardom since 2019 and dating to matches before then, like stuff between, um, Kyrie and, and, um, Mayu and, and, you know, even like, I, I don't think I've ever saw like the Santana Garrett stuff. Um, but out of all the white belt matches I've seen, Jungle and, and Kyrie, um, all the white belt matches I've seen, that is easily the third worst or one of the three worst. Um, it's not the worst, but it might be the second worst. Um, the worst white belt match I ever saw was um, freaking uh, last year in. January, uh, Julia and um, Nasco, they had this no DQ match where they brought tot, like, like almost like karate breaking tiles out and 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 they were slamming each other on them and shit, and it was a fucking mess. And uh, and then the other match that I that I uh, and the other match I put out there is a stinker or not a sticker, but like just subpar to the standard is um, Ariso Shiki and um, Utami from the ninth anniversary show. Uh, 2020 January and um, like I, they were telling this story about you know getting a Arissa wanted Utami to show emotion and Utami was like I'm fuck that like I'm just gonna beat your ass and then she kept like punking her like at every physical exchange and throwing her down on her ass and then like the match happens and like Utami didn't show a bit more of of, of uh, charisma through or, or not charisma like emotion or whatever you want to call it throughout that match and then like at some at some point like Utami starts bleeding from the head and I, I didn't know if she was blading or what the fuck happened and I was just like and it just checked me out for the rest of the other other match but um but yeah this was just like yeah this was like the worst big match Tams I've, I've ever seen Tam have I was like I was totally disappointed and like when I, I see people that do not like Tam and they say that like it is a over she does too much drop or was it uh too much melodramatic stuff in her matches and I'm thinking to myself like oh not really it, but this match oh yeah 
This is the like she's never had a match like this for. So like this people say this before, that's bullshit. Ribs. This one, this is true. Like she, this was like, and the thing that's gonna be frustrating is like watch like fourteen months or sorry, uh, ten months from now when like they're in the same block in the Grand Prix and they have like a ten minute sprint that's fucking killer, and you're gonna be like, why the fuck didn't you do this instead? And then throw in like some parts about like. You want to fight her and you want to get the fire out of her and whatever else. Like, why do you have to make Mina Shirakawa a, a fucking crazy person? Like, I don't see what benefit that does her necessarily. Like, do you think a, a Laurel Van Ness, Mickey James character is actually like something people want in stardom on, on the message side? Because I don't. No, but like, but the Mina. Ah, like, what the fuck? Look, <laughs> hey, man, when she came through them curtains, the temperature changed. So oh, I'll leave it at that. God. <laughs> so uh, the main event, um, Rev Up match, Utami versus Micah. Um, this match was great. Um, starts they on the pre-show. On, I'm sorry, pre-show on the video package. Um, Micah also missed like last weekend's shows, and I didn't know why, but it was to sell the injury of her arm. So. Um, and then the tag league tours tag league, like she's been wearing, she's been had her arm taped up from uh, wrist to shoulder, like a, almost like a shooting sleeve with tape. And um, in the last night, uh, for them to get eliminated, they had to get a DQ out of Shuri. And what they had, um, it was those two versus um, Oedotai and Kid and um, Raka would never let Shuri get tagged in. They kept isolating Micah. And then they kept cheating and taking the ref so sure can tag in. And then eventually um, they got a bunch of chairs and then put it on that arm. And then they concertoed her arm, Micah's arm. So then like Shuri gets in the ring and goes berserker mode and just slaps shit at everybody. And then she ends up like going in such a fit of rage that like she ends up fucking up the ref. And then the ref had to DQ, DQ them. Um, so Micah was off selling that injury. Um, in the video package, you see her like talking about how like she's kind of banged up and beaten up right now. Um, and but she's going to f- still face um, Utami and take her title shot because she beat her in the Grand Prix. So um, Utami has been going to work on that arm a little bit early in the like early on or towards the second stage of the match, but not like you know it wasn't the story of the match. Like they got to that third at and just like for fucking throwing each other around and it was awesome and bomb throwing if you will but um yeah awesome. like this this was a very good match like I, my favorite spot in the match is when like utami knows this sh- or sorry micah knows she's done and she empties the gun and then like she goes to like give utami like a lariat and then like she like collapses into uh utami's body because she has nothing left like this injured beaten up woman is like just ha- gave everything she had, but she had nothing left. And um, Utami put her away. Um, I, I, this is a good ass match. Uh, this is this. I think this is Mike's best match of her career. I was really happy for both of them because, like you know, obviously they're career rivals, but given how similar they are as wrestling styles, both judokas, um, their rivalry, like you know, they're probably friends backstage and have been like. And they progressively get better every single time they wrestle. Um, and like where where Micah and Kamatani are, like I'm so happy for this year because like those were two people that were there was like they could they could become great and like you see it like it happen it's happening before our eyes almost. So um, 
Really happy for it. Love the match. And like when um that freaking like uh flip power or uh flip front or belly belly uh suplex is awesome. Like my, Utami, like she is she's a wrestler's wrestler's a wrestler's wrestler, but like when she throws in like the suplexes and stuff, whatever else, like in like wanting to beat the shit out of you, like she just turns special. She she's she's fucking good, man. And at this point, it almost like she don't miss. Like yeah, <laughs> like looking at that closing sequence, like I started thinking about it, and I was like, this is the kind of match that <laughs> I'll probably say something and get people upset at me right here. But um, I was looking at their body types, their wrestling styles. They're both kind of being big hosses, essentially. Mm-hmm. right? And I was like, man, maybe this should have made a vintage Survivor Series. <laughs> I mean, they had, a, they had a way better fucking match. Yeah. Like I'm not like there's no argument to be said between uh, about that. Like they clearly had a better match, but like I'm like just like looking at how you position somebody and mm-hmm. like shit like that. It was like I much prefer this. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm wrong. But uh, a competitive back and forth where like one person is is shown to be better, but like the other one empties the gun and you respect them after as they go down on their sword. Yeah. Um. Like they tried to, I would say they tried to tell that story with um, Big E, but like there wasn't enough moments where it was back and forth and back and forth. It was more of a beat you down forever because I'm a heel, and then I'll give you a. It was more traditional, you know, heel babyface dynamic as opposed to like, you know, they they had a back. It was back and forth and competitive, um, and then like it was just more like you know, Micah ran on fumes, and that could be due to Utami's being better. Or we don't really know if it's because Tommy just flat out better, or if it's because like the injuries the injury, also, or the, yeah. or the injuries. We don't know. We we'll, we won't know. But it was I, I, it's like they, that. Yeah, it just happens. Like you win some, you lose some. She lost this one. She'll win the next one. And then uh, I think Shuri came out, right? Yes, they went face to face, and you know, more or less, it's on. Give it to me. December twenty ninth. Hey, no you- time limit. Hey, you see, I'm wearing all red right now. <laughs> like, you know what it is. It's Shuri season. So, you know. so yeah, man. Um, so far right now for uh, well, let, let, I'm going to go through all the announcements and all that stuff. So, um, they have one more pay per view before Sumo Hall. It's on the 18th. It's in Osaka at Osaka Indian Arena Number One. That's where. New Japan's had a bunch of um, G1 and big match shows there. Um, but that is going to be where they have the um, Queen's Quest versus Oedotai match uh, for um, the fate of what happens with Momo in Starlight Kid. Um, it's a four on four. It's top four of Queen's Quest. Um, Momo, Utami, um, Azumi, and Kamatani versus um, Kid. Konami, Saki, and Raka. Um, it is a is a, it's a captain's match, um, or this version of a captain's match where um, those two are designated as captain, and it's an elimination match. Um, someone gets eliminated. It's not a captain. You're down three. 
next person goes down, you're down two. Next person goes down, you're down one. Uh, and it's going to continue until one of the captains um, gets eliminated. Whoever, whichever captain ends up getting eliminated, um, they will join the other faction. Um, also put on the stakes is if Queen's Quest wins, uh, Kid comes to Queen's Quest and she drops the mask. So that definitely ain't happening. Um, so also with that, um, on the show, you have, <laughs> that's probably the main event, but, uh, probably the opener is Shuri in a gauntlet match versus Lady C, Waka, and Mai. She's finna go through them like a hot knife through butter, but it'll be a fun, like, 12 minutes. Uh, then, um, the rest of the card are, um, the trio's Mayu's fake money, big money <laughs> uh, tournament. So, is this being financed by Big Money Matt Hardy? I no, <laughs> I'm not even gonna go there with you. There, no AEW <laughs> relationship. <laughs> so, so, uh, it's um, the top three of stars Mayu, Hazuki, and Kaguma, um, in the first round versus uh, Cosmic Angels, Tam. Mina, Unagi, um, and then the other first round uh, um, match is Domino Mondo, um, the trio's champions, Micah, Natsupoi, and Hameka versus Mar- Team Marvelous, uh, not Team Marvelous from two years ago because May Hoshizuki is no longer in Marvelous, but it's um, Takumi, um, Rin, and Maria. Uh, Marie was on the Osaka Joe Hall show. So, uh, that's the first round. And then the, the championship round, the final, um, it's a ladder elimination match. Don't know the rules. That's what's, what's said on Twitter. I'm sure they'll straighten out what the rules are. I don't know what the fuck that means. I was very confused um, when I was reading that. Yeah, yeah. At first, like, I, until are there I, pinfalls in this match as well? I like, don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, like, okay, so I've only seen one other match that involved a, any type of ladder in stardom, and it was um, the the Tokyo Cyber Squad produce show from 2019 in May for during uh, Golden Week. So um, it was like, I don't know. I, it was, I think it was, it was basically like a something, on, it was like an envelope of money on a pole match. That's what that was. That's what that match was. This is, they say the cash prize is up top two, so I don't know. Um, they say you can use the ladder as a weapon. I don't know. Um, I fear for what the fuck my use going to do. It's going to be something outrageous. So um, I just hope that she. Uh, I hope that that slinky is still a slinky and not. You know, that's. I hope this is the end of my Utani's career doing whatever stupid <laughs> shit she's going to do off a ladder. But um, yeah. So that is the final for that. Um, that's, that's like a, that's five matches. So like, obviously you all the elimination factors is going to be lengthier matches. Like I expect the, uh, I expect the final and I expect actually like all four, all the trios matches and then the elimination match to be, or the, you know, captain match to all be great, but like it's a five match card. Um, so onto the, the nitty gritty, like, or, uh, Sumo Hall right now for matches already announced. White belt match, Utami versus uh, Shuri. No time limit. Um, undercard, or second from the top, Tam versus Kamatani. White belt match, 
we have the futures match, uh, Rocka versus Hannon, and then you have the three-way high-speed match, Konami, I'm sorry, sorry uh, Starlight Kid, Azumi, Kaguma. Um, I wonder how to fill, fill the rest of the card. Um, Julia was targeting, trying to come back right now, like with Kaguma. Um, in the uh, triple triple threat, maybe, you know, who knows what Azuki's doing. Like, I would like to see Azuki versus uh, Julia again. I'd like to see that. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, but, I'm with it. Yeah, so another other, the last of the announcements, uh, they announced it on the show. Um, Stardom's first show of the year will be uh, the third. Um, and it's a, a two-part thing. Like, the first, the, the day show is like an actual wrestling show. And then the night show is the Stardom 2021 Stardom Awards. And then um, on the 8th and 9th, they're going to do bat, uh, back-to-back Hurricane Hall shows. Uh, so, uh, that's pretty much it for Stardom. Yeah, man. Um, so uh, I guess that's a good place to leave it here. Uh, once again, happy birthday, James. Uh, thank you guys for, for rocking with us in the chat. We will be here after the post show. Of course, when I log on Twitter and find what nonsense happened and everything else. And yeah, um, yeah but besides that, uh, yeah, we can wrap it up. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening, y'all. Um, I guess... The first thing we would say is uh, donations. Um, I don't know if you got it upset or right. Well, now it's too late. You missed it. We missed. We missed the peak. We're gonna go through it. We're yep. gonna run right yep, through it. Uh, donations. 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 Um, funds. Gifts. 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 <laughs> Gifts. <laughs> yeah. So uh, donate to Red Circle. Um, our Red Circle. Um, also, uh, if you're listening on the podcast, we, as, we, as we've mentioned uh, throughout the show, we do a live stream here, uh, twitch.tv slash richlotta. Um, we also have the merchandise for you boys uh, for the holiday season. Uh, go to prowrestlingtees.com slash suplex and pick up some official Social Suplex Network merchandise. Um, and listen to the other shows on the network. Um, you have this show, One Issue Radio. You have Keeping It Strong Style. You have the Ricky and Clyde Wrestling Show. Roman Washes Shit, The Grave Consequences Podcast, 8-Bit Suplex, All Things Elite, Great Match Generator, and AEW Match Guide. Yep, make sure y'all vote on um, the Keeping It Strong Style Awards, their yes. uh, year-end voting um, survey uh, vote card just dropped. So go ahead and um, do do that. Um, One Nation Radio Awards, we should probably like start on but, those at some point. Well, normally we start off the the One Nation Radio Awards after like they do the nomination for for New Japan stuff, so that we can just basically like share more or less like looking like uh okay, what we're saying is not crazy because they kind of agree with it, and then we you know basically just you know how do you say sample theirs, you know, <laughs> take I, from I, and then add to ours. So uh, for I, nominees I, I, and whatnot. I didn't join them on the synopsis episode for their awards for the first time ever. Um, so I probably was buried. Um, I heard, yeah. So uh, <laughs> here I am in the grave, you know, back. It's okay, you know. Yeah. Me, there's always next year, so that, you uh, know, just, just telling the truth by evil. I guess people couldn't, you know, <laughs> couldn't deal with it, you know. So, <laughs> oh man, so I, I ain't so- gonna fake. 
What happened the other way? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, later y'all. Peace. <laughs>